Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. We are almost 200 episodes into this podcast run. Almost. Congratulations to us, almost. Almost. Yeah, Edward James almost. That would be a good AKA. Yeah. Keep that in the stash. All right. But why do we keep doing this, Jeff? Uh, an obligation to our national state of well-being? No. Okay. <laughs> no, it's because, as you know, we have not gotten AJ Calloway on the podcast. I mean, that is the dream. When AJ comes on the podcast... Then we end it. It's over. We dead this whole experiment. We, we go yeah. out in a blaze of glory, just us and one half of the... 106 and Park power the duo. The golden era yeah. of 106 and Park. So... I don't know about you, Jeff, mm-hmm. but I, I can't get it out of my head after we do episodes when I can't land a joke, when I don't tell a story, when I really wish that I asked a certain question. You mean the one that like you you weren't able to fit into the episode, not that you weren't able to land any. No, no, correct. Yeah. There are moments which I wish I could have back. Like, for instance, we did this episode of Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies. Mm-hmm. I was we, there. Where we sat down with uh, Styles and Sheik. And Jadakus of the Locks. Oh, the three black dudes. And we watched Trading Places, which you guys know stars Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis and a whole lot of people. And the basis of that movie, it's like The Prince and the Pauper, mm-hmm. where Dan Aykroyd gets thrown out on the street and someone is brought in from the street. And that is Eddie Murphy. To take his place. Yeah. And so he gets everything. Mm-hmm. He gets the car that is driven by a chauffeur he gets the money he gets the job and most importantly he gets dan Aykroyd's amazing townhouse Mm -hmm. and so has wood paneling and you know uh, a fireplace in the foyer yes a lot of amazing things that styles was particularly taken by and so wait by the way before you continue how would manny fresh say foyer i don't know foyer So, there's a joke that I'm glad that you got off, Jeff. Yeah, I would have been regretting that later. Anyway, keep going. So, I hope we get Manny Fresh before we get AJ Calloway. Foyer! Now, you know, whenever we see AJ, we have to be like, hey, we like doing the podcast. Whenever we see AJ? What if, are you talking about? I, Jeff, if we go on a red carpet, if we go to some club, if we see him at, yeah, a, at a red you know, light. when we're always hanging out with AJ, next time we see AJ. I'm just saying, yeah. the next time we see him... Let's tell him, hey, you know what? We don't want you until our last episode. The only time we have seen AJ has been one, we asked him what he does, how he spends his freestyle Fridays. Correct. That was on a red carpet. Yeah. Yeah. And the other time we saw him was when he was exiting Santos with two girls. I'm saying. Yeah. Th- what What is so crazy about what I said? It we was 2009. At the club or on a red carpet. We have seen him twice. Maybe, ever. maybe he'll pull up at a red light and we'll be like, yo, we don't want you on our podcast until the very end. <laughs> Anyway, in your face, in this podcast uh-huh. with two Jews and two black dudes and Jadakus, we were talking about their nice houses. Yeah. Was, yeah. And and you asked the guys what the craziest house they'd been in was. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I really wish I asked. I wish I asked about that Jadakus line. My bathtub lift up. My walls doing 360. Yeah. Why the hell did I forget that? It annoys me so much. But I'm so glad that no one out there has said, hey, you know, what you should have mentioned on that podcast. This line. I wish that I asked Jim Jones why he was eating an apple that, that, on our podcast. Yeah. I um, wish you asked that too. <laughs> there were, I mean, I feel like every episode I have certain moments where I'm just like, fuck. You like know, I, I have a second one from that Two Jews and Two Black Dudes episode. It was when I didn't get the opportunity for one reason or another to talk about the worst purchase that I've ever made. Which is? Which is, I mean, look, I had my dream car in college. Never had a car before. I got my dream car. It was a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Mm-hmm. It was Platinum. amazing. It had a six CD changer in it. Where was... Oh, that was in the back. It was in the way back. Yeah, but... You had to get out. You had to change them So you could outside. put in... Yeah. 
and then control it from the front, whatever. It's very smart. Good engineering. It, it had idiosyncrasies, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It meant a lot to me. It was a wonderful car besides any recalls or whatever. But by the time that I had to turn it in and I was talking to dad about, hey, what kind of car should I get? What kind of car should I not get? I disregarded all his great advice. Mm -hmm. I went to the dealership. I signed up for a Volkswagen Jetta Mm -hmm. only because you wanted to drive like a 16 year old sophomore from Greenwich, Connecticut. Didn't didn't in the movie White Girls, didn't they have a only because (laughs) it had a one point eight turbo engine. Oh, dope. (laughs) You sound like dad. (laughs) Like, just laughed at me. I was like, no, oh. dad would call you a I'll, dope. I'll show you yeah. and step on this gas. But mm-hmm. the worst part, oh, and I wish I mentioned this to the guys. Wait, how turbo was that turbo engine? It was the worst. The, the American Gladiator's turbo was more turbo than this turbo <laughs> engine. I was so mad because the, the salesman brings me the keys and, and they bring the car around and it has a clean wash and the wheels are looking shiny. Mm-hmm. And he says... Sorry. Yeah, basically. He was like, hey. This was a mistake. Yes. He he said that when he handed the keys over, he said, this means that you have to get 93 grade gas, which, by the way, at that time was post-Iraq and it's high gas prices. It was killer. Yeah. Just horrible. And I had that for three or four years. I think it might have been four, maybe even more angry. That car sucked. That was awful. Terrible. And I'm glad that I was able to talk about it here. Mm-hmm. Fuck Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn Ger- Germans. German yeah. engineering. Uh-huh. Anyway, that was my worst purchase. You got to mention your worst purchase, which was... Which is, I guess, Netflix. Well, that is that is what you said as a joke. But did you mean it? Well, sort of. I mean, every single person has my password, including the locks. But does So, like, I'm the one idiot who pays for Netflix. You're just generous. No, that's not... No, don't put, like, a, a spin on it. I'm an, I'm an idiot. idiot, Jeff. I bought a car that couldn't fit me... Mm-hmm. No less my friends. I pay ten ninety nine for my friends to like me every month. I paid ten ninety nine a gallon. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was awful. But anyway, I'm going to try. I think to ask all the questions that I want to ask the next time someone's here, and not feel well, so pressured to take the conversation somewhere else. Right? Well, that, that's brave. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I want to ask the questions that I want to ask. I uh, if anybody wants my Netflix password <laughs> at me, you will be the. You are such a generous person, Jeff. It's like the McDonald's sign. Like, just like, I <laughs> I just give my password to anybody who wants it. There was a girl who came up to me in the club and asked me, or she said to me, you don't know me, yeah. but I have your Netflix password. Yeah. Uh, wait, here's something else that you had the opportunity to give out to the world. Mm-hmm. You had a tweet the other day, speaking of McDonald's. What did I say? You said, who would win in this dance battle? Oh, I deleted it, but yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm saying you have an opportunity now to tell the people. <laughs> I uh, I put up a tweet. It said, who's served more people, McDonald's or Omarion? It's not a good tweet. You had the pictures, too. Yeah. it's. I instantly no, regretted it. No, you know, you know, you got the wording a little wrong because what you said, you put the pictures up and you said, who, who would win? win in a dance battle? Yeah. And, and it was McDonald's. You didn't say anything about of... serving. It, it was a thinker. Yeah. You had to think about it. Well, people aren't idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Just this joke is so dumb. It's a great joke. It is not. Great joke. Yeah. Oh. We haven't had Amari on the podcast. No, but we were supposed to. Let's get him on before before AJ, AJ Calloway, Calloway, but right. after Bill Bellamy. Well, you know who we did have on before AJ Calloway, Jeff? Mouse Jones. Mouse Jones. <laughs> you know him from BET. Or from the He-Man Woman Haters Club podcast, or obviously on... named after the... <laughs> Little Rascals. 
I thought it was from Married with Children. Maybe. I thought it was too, but he said it was from Little Rascals. Yeah, but that's a fact check that I should have done on the podcast. <laughs> but Mouse Jones, who you may know from Twitter, you may know him from being on Brilliant Idiots podcast, from being the, at the, all cultural events. Yeah, the loudmouth at the back of the room or at the front of the room yeah. it is our friend Mouse Jones, who grew up on Long Island. He did. And caused a ruckus out there. Yeah, just like... But here's something. Has lived a lot of lives. That, and that, because he has grown up in Long Island in really tough circumstances, because he failed out of high school, because he went to the Navy, because he went on to live three or four different lifetimes, we have split his episode into two. So we're giving you the first half today all the way up to his time in the Navy and then his time down in Virginia. So you're going to get the beginning of his life. You're going to get a lot of jokes. You're going to get a lot of amazing stories, a lot of just unbelievable experiences. And then on Thursday, in a couple days, mm-hmm. we'll take you from Virginia when he moves back to New York to his whole media career and how that started, how he's taking advantage of it, and how he is thriving out here by telling his truth. So shout out to Mouse Jones. You get not one but two episodes this week. I did want to mention real quick that if you have not gotten your It's The Real AKA t-shirt, it's not too late, but it will be soon. Go to itstherealcom slash shop right now and grab either purple or black. They both look great. I've worn both. People talk about them everywhere we go. They're super dope. It's therealcom slash shop. Jeff, before we get into it, what episodes do you want to recommend? I would say number 42, which is Mano's episode. Our friend Mano. You know, he really had a great effect on this podcast, which is that he came in here and he was so open and honest about his life, his hard scrabble youth, his time in jail, what it meant to him and his family, and, and honestly, like losing those really formative years but falling in love with hip-hop while he was locked up and then making a career out of that thing that he really was in love with and we love Mano we're so proud of Mano and and we're so appreciative that he was able to share his entire story here so please go check that episode out uh number 170 which is Jamal Jamo one of the funniest episodes and one of the most inspiring episodes this is a man who was literally on his deathbed and he rebounded a number of times with personal issues, with health issues, and with business issues to come out the other side with his humor intact, with his story amazing, and with just all the love in the world for true friends. And I would say number 24, which is Taxstone. Shout out to our guy Taxstone who changed the podcast game. He spoke from the heart, he spoke from the brain, and he has interviews out there with Beanie Siegel and Meek Mill and and us that you can't replicate. You can never make another tax stone. He is one of a kind. Yeah. So keep your head up, tax. I don't. I hope you're listening. Yeah. And and for everyone out there who hasn't had a chance, please go check out that episode because he's got an amazing story of his own to tell. Yes. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Oregon Basketball, a.k.a. Duck Shots. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Hit It From The Back, a.k.a. Friendly Fire. <laughs> I'm out of <laughs> That's it? <laughs> I had a good one. You know what this show is. Hit It From The Back, <laughs> a.k.a. Friendly Fire. It's pretty good, right? I come from, you know, the background of like jokes and sometimes, yeah. you know, you just gotta let it. Like, if you're at the lunch table and you can hear a good one, and you, even if it's on you, you gotta be like, hey... I let that one go. That's I can't. 
And I had like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, mouse. This is the waste time with the surreal. Mouse, what's happening? What's going on? What's going on? Everything guys? is good. Welcome. Thank you. I'm, I'm on Letterman. Yeah. <laughs> I made my Letterman, yo. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you guys, that to me, yo. in the culture, you guys are Letterman. First of all, Brian Idiots is Leno. You guys are Letterman. Do you feel bad because you went on Instagram stories and said that we were culture vultures? And no. That's why you're being very nice right now. <laughs> no, I would not feel bad about that because <laughs> I meant I meant it, but I didn't mean it. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't mean for people to be so <laughs> take it so seriously. They hate y'all. We were all at SOBs for an mm-hmm. LMA concert. Yep. You you <laughs> wrote as your caption uh, vultures culturing, <laughs> and. What was it? What was the instant reaction? Yo, I knew they yeah, were. Yo, Mouse, you're the realist. Get them the fuck out of here. And I was like, Hey guys, nope. These are these are friends. Like these are guys I would invite to like family events. No, they're, they're oh. friends, guys. But no vultures here. No, truthfully, I'm always looking for a culture to vulture. That's right. I am. Uh, right. If anybody can uh, DM us <laughs> any cultures, I'd love to vulture them. Oh my god. So. Thanks for fucking everything up. I'm sorry. I, I, I pulled the I pulled the, the veil back too early. <laughs> yeah. Supposed to wait. Do you look for trouble? Yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't look for trouble. I don't look for trouble, but if trouble is there, I'm not pussy. So it's like and I'm trying to like learn how to let certain things go. Mm-hmm. And then it was like with certain other things, like, nah, fuck out of it. I'm not letting that go. Has it always me. been like that? No. I used to like go looking for trouble. Like growing up, I used to like look for it. And then I would find it and then like look for more. And then when I like got into the industry, it was like I would get a lot of attention for like looking for trouble. But then to me, it was corny because like I don't have no issue with you. Like I'm just talking shit, just talking shit. Like I'm right. Like I call myself a media personality, but I'm more or less like a cultural observist. Like I just really just observe the culture that I love and then just report back on what I'm seeing. And it's like I would do that and then people would get mad. And then they would take it left. And then I'm like, oh, well, see, I don't play like that. So I'll pull up to your event and really see what's up. And then that don't work. Which side would you take in the Nicki Minaj and the girl who wrote for KarenCivil.com? The girl who wrote for Karen Civil? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, oh. I'm on her side. Nicki's a bozo. Like, yeah, Nicki's a bozo for that. Like, one thing about it is we're all public figures at this point, right? Like, okay, I might be on a lower, uh, you know, part of the, the totem pole than you guys and you guys might be lower than Nikki. but at the end of the day we all do something very publicly for the public to consume so we then leave it up to them to consume it and tell us what they think you can never react you can but not like no you can never react like re like that is you a can't hashtag react yeah don't <laughs> yeah. don't react shout out to low-key like that i stole that from him in like 2015 and that's literally like a life yeah but low-key only says it because he can't come up with anything clever this is true <laughs> this is true this is this is true um low-key looks like a thumb um so it's very hard for him to like retaliate with jokes but when he gets one off mm. oh it's good it stings it's like oh 40 000 people can see this shit shit like you did earlier like there's no comeback for that like low says something funny it took well, three if, days if low says something funny. <laughs> if, yeah. It, it takes three days, so it's really good. Let's so give Low credit. He destroyed George Clooney. <laughs> he did. did. Yeah, he made did. It to that, did. that lasts forever. And it will. Yeah. Um. So shout out to you, Low, and shout out to hashtag Don't React. Yeah. So if if you go, if you say something that you, you feel can respond is the truth, yeah, you can respond, but like, you can't react. I don't think that Chance the Rapper looked crazy when he responded to nope. that person. That was well, like super like respectful. Yeah. And like he's from Chicago, so like we gotta we don't even understand like the. 
their mindset of, of a guy like that, a guy that grew up like he did in Chicago, survived Chicago, can go back to Chicago and not worry about being extorted or nothing. Yeah. He's a respectful dude. Can Kevin Durant respond to the 17-year-old who was saying nah, as a kid. that he was not – you know, oh, a, a leader you, and not an MVP. What? I thought you were going to say, can Kevin Durant respond to all of his various ghost accounts? <laughs> <laughs> no, Kevin Durant, can you respond to that? Yeah, you know why? Because he's talking about a very specific thing. So you got to respond to that very specific thing. So that's not reacting. That's not reacting. It's when you start talking about, you broke, bitch. Yeah. That's the reacting shit. Like, Because right. now it's like, you're literally reacting. You're not mm-hmm. responding. There's a difference. Right. You reacting is means like, I affected you in like outside of what we're talking about like it hurts you that i said what i said because you only gonna react of what you know is the truth i don't know i think because like if you look at vince staples or you mm-hmm. look at joe budden like they can be like yo you look stupid in your avi you like right but that's not reacting like reacting no, that's like is like on. yeah no yeah I, i'm saying there's like a very subtle difference where it's like you can't right. make fun of somebody but it, right. it has to be like more clever than just like and it no, can't like really be bro- more than three words. It can't yeah. be more than like a sentence. Like yeah. you don't devote like a whole yeah, DM no, she, to me. N- Nikki was too passionate in <laughs> because that response. She, well, because the girl obviously spoke to something that hurts Nikki. Like yeah. that is the truth. Like Nikki's music isn't for me. Never has been. But she's gonna react. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I need that. Please yeah. re- react to me. I, I need twelve thousand more followers. <laughs> By the way, can I just say this is the first time that somebody has invited people to our apartment <laughs> and they've hit us up asking what our address right, is. Right, not not the actual person. <laughs> oh, was that C? <laughs> oh, I definitely. Oh, definitely. I definitely forgot to answer him, son. So Corey Towns is coming over. Shouts to Corey right. Towns. Where are you originally from? I'm from Long Island. I'm from um, North Babylon, Long Island, like a block away from Wine Dench. North Shore. Uh, no, uh, South Shore. South Shore, but the north side of the South Shore. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's southeast. It's southeast. Uh, it's it's like right. The only pl- like people never heard North Babylon. They know Wine Dench and um only because like Rakim. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm literally four blocks from um where Rakim grew up. Really? Live. Yeah. Like. Where they do Wine Dance Day and they like they just did the big Wine Dance Day celebration for them. Mm-hmm. I'm literally a block away from that. So what happens at that celebration? Nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> nothing good. Um, if you take all the worst parts of like the inner city mm-hmm. and you like condense it to like like five to six miles, that's Wine Dance for you. And like yeah, that's so like Wine Dance is like it's really bad. It's getting better now because gentrification, but mm-hmm. it's a little different because like this is Long Island. Like, it's not the city. You're not going to, like, just move people. Like, they're still going to be right here. Well, you know that, like, when people think of Long Island, they don't think of, they like, don't bad think parts. It, yeah, they don't. They don't They don't know that bad parts exist Um, until, like, you go out there and something happens to you. Right. There's, like, I'm from North Babylon, but literally that's only by way of, like, zip code. Yeah. Like, if you go the street over, the street over is called Comeback. That's Wine Dance. You go to Wine Dance School. Like, they it, – it's, like, so – I guess it's called gentrification and racism or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Growing up, my address was always North Babylon. Not until, like, I want to say, like, nine or ten years old. They rezoned it because they didn't want that part as, like, representing North Babylon. So, technically, now it's West Babylon. Mm. But it's still North Babylon. Everybody from Long Island, if you say that address, they're going to be like, oh, you're from North Babylon. So, Mm. they don't think it's bad? No, they know. That that block, they're not going to go on. Like, my block where I'm from, they're not going to go on. Um, actually, my block that I'm from is, like, like one of those in-the-cut blocks. Like, people, like we don't even let people on our block, to yeah. be honest. Like, yeah. 
um, like my co-host Reek, whenever he dropped me off, like he like, yo, I used to hang out over here, over here, and didn't notice because we didn't let people on our block. Like it was that regiment. It was like somebody at the top of the block, he was rowdy. I was at the other side of the block, I was rowdy. My dad is from where he's from, so he's right. So it was like, yeah, when I, no bullshit happened on our block. So your father's from that block too? No, my dad's from Gowanus. My dad's from um, he's from Brooklyn, from downtown Brooklyn. And your mom? My mom is from Long Island. Gotcha. Yeah. And you grew up in Long Island yeah. with how many siblings? All of them. Um, so I am a statistic. So I have a stepdad. So that's who I refer to as my father. Mm-hmm. So he has uh, two kids. So those have always been my siblings. Um, my biological father has a uh, has a daughter younger than me. So I've always had her. From my mom and my dad, I got three siblings. So I've always, I've always, I mean, I'm the oldest. So You're I've the always, oldest. Yeah. So the does oldest. that mean that you're just like doing whatever you want to do? Hell no. That means I'm, to an extent, but like growing up, I had to watch them. So like that is what like kept me into like the culture, like knowing music and watching the box and shit like that. Cause I had to be in the house to watch them. Like there was no rebelling. I'm climbing. Up. If I leave this house, these kids are going to like burn the house down or whatever. So it's like, you got to be there to watch the kids. Right. So like, that's like really where I like really felt like got into like, the reading portion, like I always talk about, like stealing magazines from Pathmark and shit to read, stealing mm-hmm. Source and stealing um Double XL. That's where because I would take the magazine, I'd be like, I need something to do. Like even growing up, I wasn't like I feel like we are we're like around the same age, so I feel like us growing up, we were like the first generation that really had video games. Like had them, had them. Like we could play multiple video games, do whatever we want, have a variety. Eat. That was never me. What like, kind of video games did you have? Um, growing up, I was more into like the the W because I'm a huge wrestling fan. So mm-hmm. it was always like WWE, SmackDown, um, SmackDown Two, SmackDown Three, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid was big. Mm-hmm. NFL Blitz was like what we bet on. Like me and my little brothers, my dad, you know, whatever little cousins would come over because my mom was not with the neighbor shit. Like she was not with hanging out with the kids on like you could just be friends with your siblings with our siblings. <laughs> no, we could be friends and be outside yeah, with yeah, the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. But once we go inside, neighborhood kids are not allowed inside. <laughs> so it was always like a real family thing. Like that's why our family is the way it is. Like it's it's tight knit. Mm-hmm. Like we only know or we only like are tight with one another. So because that's how it was. Like it was just so my you mom. couldn't just invite like people over to your party. You could not invite anybody. So to why your are house. you inviting Corey over to our place? <laughs> um, I didn't invite him. He said he was pulling up, and I was like, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell him when I get here. Um, um, we we jumped into a really good conversation. How how early how early were you mouse? The name comes from Mousey, M O U S Y. So gr- when I was born, my cousin Joe said I looked like a mouse. So he was like Mighty Mouse. And then growing up in the hood, it was just always Mousey, and I was always around him. So when I was able to like go out when I was like five or six, I would be with him. And so he's all like, the older kids, yeah, they, it's, it's Mousey. Mousey. It's Mousey. So then growing up, it was Mousey, Mousey, Mousey. Um, like it's even tattooed. That was the first tattoo. I was the first kid my age to get a tattoo at like 15 across my back. What did 15? your parents think of that? Um, my mom seen it. She slapped shit at it. <laughs> she didn't even slap me. She slapped it. <laughs> she slapped the tattoo. Or she like, slapped the artist. Yeah, yeah. No, no. She slapped it. Like she seen it because um, in wine dance, you know, there was a, uh, everybody like wanted to get tattoos and I was always the youngest. So, uh, shout out to Murder Inc. 3. So, if anybody's from New York, they know about Murder Inc. 1 and Murder Inc. 2 from the ad, from Jamaica ad. Mm-hmm. The tattoo shop. Yeah. 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 So, they know about those. So, they, they so the, the artist Ant ventured into Long Island to make Murder Inc. 3. Mm-hmm. So, when he came, it was right in front. 
it was right in front of my uncle's barbershop. Shout out my uncle Reg, who cuts my hair to this day. Like his barbershop used to be like the hub of the neighborhood. Like there was like three shops, and the one you always wanted to go to was his. Straight Edge, was his. Yeah. So I was the sweeper boy. So I would always go around to the front, and I'd be like, "Damn, I want a tattoo." <laughs> and I remember going in there, and um, one of Ant's artists that he had early on was like. Yo, I can't tattoo you too young. So you either gotta go see this guy named um what was this nigga's name? There's <laughs> a Mexican dude's name. I can't remember his name either. Shit. But he was like, yo, you gotta go see him. He'll tattoo you. If he tattoos you and you already have a tattoo, then I can tattoo you. Like legally. <laughs> um, or you could come in with a waiver. My mom and dad are super, super Christian, like super in the church. Mm-hmm. So that was a dub. Like there was no room for and hey, I want a tattoo. Does that mean that you were super religious? No. Okay. Hell no. But every Sunday. <laughs> I had no choice. Okay. I lived in the house. Like, my mom, to this day, my mom has this, like, strict rule, like, nobody in her house when she goes to church. Like, Sunday school, the whole thing? No, we weren't no. up that early. No. It's too many kids. <laughs> too many kids. We get there pretty early, though. Like, we'd get there, like, we're, I'm Christian, so, like, when we get to church, it would be so early, like, they're still, like, in, like, the first, like, prayer. Yep. Before, like, praise and worship or anything, like, we get there, and I'm like, dang, we're mad early, son. Like, <laughs> why are we so early? It's, like, mad early, son. Like, Jesus not even up yet. Like, why? And um, so, yeah, so when I went and got the tattoo, came back to school. Everybody, you got the tattoo from the Mexican dude? Yeah. Went right in, I think it was, like, on South 31st. It's wine, like, deep in Wine Dance. Like, yo, it was so crazy. It was in the part of Wine Dance where I had mad beef at the time. Like, right smack dab in the blocks. Like You really wanted this fucking tattoo. Yeah, yeah. like, nah, it was, like, I had envisioned in my head. I went to the most artistic kid I knew, had him draw it, and was like, yeah, I want this shit like this. Like, across yeah. your back. Across my whole back. Mm-hmm. It's forever. It's forever. Yeah, it's still there. Like, okay. you know well, what I mean? Yeah, tattoos don't just go away. <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes they do. <laughs> so if they're not done well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're not getting, like, the, the, the tattoo in the lip. Like, no, 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 no. Like, even, like, that even shit with, goes away. Yeah, that yeah. shit goes away quick. Or, like, on the side of the hand, shit mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But I went there, got the shit done. Instantly How long regretted did it, take? it. Oh. <laughs> instantly regretted the pain. Because, um, as you know, you know, at 15, I'm 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, 100 and maybe 11 pounds. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of skin back there. No, not a lot. <laughs> He's right on there's bone. There's skin. There's no, not there's a lot not of padding. Meat. Yeah, yeah, so it's just right on the bone. And, like, my body's vibrating. I'm, I'm like, biting through butterscotches. Like, he, he's handing me, like, butterscotch and shit. Like, yo, just eat this, man. I'm like, all right. I'm biting through that shit. I'm like, yo, what the fuck am I doing? Finally get it done. Well, you can't, by the way, you can't quit halfway through. <laughs> well, no, because it would have said mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so finally get it done or whatever and get back to school. Oh, my Lord. That shit. Oh, I got so much pussy off of that I shit. I was about to say. Because it was like. Cause I like I dragged the shit first of all. Like, how do you do it in school though? You just take your t-shirt off. And yeah, like, yeah, real like, casual. Like, yeah. like no, I'm walking around. First of all, I'm like walking limp, so I had to find a girl to carry my bag mm-hmm. because it's like you got the A and D ointment. That was my in, like introduction to A and D ointment and how destructive it is. Use Aquaphor. <laughs> like don't use A and D ointment. It destroys everything. It smells. It's just bad. Mm-hmm. So um so yeah, I'm, I wear a white t-shirt and this is like tall T days. Mm. So I wear one. Immediately, everybody could see it because they could see the the shit sticking to the shirt. Yeah. So I take it off and I show the girls. Oh my God, Mouse, you got a tattoo, Mousey. Oh. Just like casually it. in between periods. In between, at lunch, how about that? Because I didn't oh, go. Where's I, Where's the gym? I didn't go to. I didn't go. I like. I I tell you guys like I tell everybody. I didn't go to. I, school was only for social activity. Sure. Yeah. It was yeah. not for school for me. Mm-hmm. So I was in lunch most of the time. Lunch ladies loved me. Did they love the tattoo? They loved it. <laughs> Miss Miss Suzanne loved it. Miss um, Suzanne. She was like, she was the nicest because she had like two sons that went to the school mm-hmm. and I always kept, like she always was like, listen, 
just make sure my sons don't get beat up. Because mm-hmm. they were like... You were the muscle. He yeah. was 5'4", 140. No, no, in, no, in, high, in high school... killing dude. And listen, in high school, it was, it was a problem. Like, it was a problem. Because even if I didn't know I could... I did not care about nothing. Like, I will fight. Like, it's on. Like, we're really going to fight. And if I lose, we got to fight tomorrow. And if I lose, we have to fight. Like, I'm going to fight you. Where does that come from? Did you have... You just my, had... My dad. My dad just... Um, You're biological? No, my my like no, he has nothing to do with my life. Like, you had he, no nothing. relationship. Yeah, with him. like zero. Like it's literally like a TV movie. Like if it's a scene, that's it. Like a he's in my life as much as Will Smith is in Independence Day. Half an hour, <laughs> if that. Yeah, you yeah. feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like so my dad just raised me as a man. You feel what I'm saying? As, you know, and to him, what a man was as a man stands his own. So like he tried to teach me that in a positive way, and mm-hmm. I just went so left. Because my dad was, he's a, he, he used to be a drug dealer. And so when he we go to the old block where he's from, and we go like to Gowanus for old, old Head Day, and the people are like, oh, that, that's your dad? I'm like, oh, this nigga. Because like, everybody hears the stories of like your dad being Aquaman or being this like superhero, and you're like, no, it isn't. And then you find out like, yeah, he was lying. No, everything my dad said was true. So I'm like, no, nah, I can't be his pussy ass son. Nigga, I got to run it up. I got to hold the name down. Mm-hmm. So like I just... And then, like, being in the barbershop, um, you know, being a sweeper boy and it being my uncle, everybody had, like, just such a – all the men in my life at that time just had such a hand in raising me. And so it was, like, however they said it went, it went. So at the barbershop, if a nigga disrespect you, as a sweet boy, if he's my age, we, we go in the back. We scrap it out. And we not coming out till I win. Like, that's how it was because I represent straight edge. I represent Reg. I represent all the barbers. So I can't go in here like other sweeper boys will come from the bar from other bob shops and think like and whatever it would be right. I don't want people to think like oh we just in the hood fighting. If if I want to rap at the time mm-hmm. we battling dance battling. I remember we like playing back like when and one was big. Sweeper boys would come over and we like cross each other up. You feel what I'm saying like mm-hmm. it was a very prideful thing in your sweeper boy and in like these young black boys, which I appreciate because. You know, even though I might not have took the traditional path, a lot of the kids that grew up like me, as to where, like, the the generation before us, more or less, those kids, like, went down the wrong road, Mm -hmm. like, the majority of them did. With my generation, it's, like, more even-keeled. Like, Mm -hmm. there's people that made bad decisions and ended up how they ended up, but then there's me who made those bad decisions and somehow, some way, was able to get a second chance and is now doing what I'm doing now. There's, There's people like Danny Green. Um, from the San Antonio Spurs, mm-hmm. um, Tobias Harris, he's on the Clippers now. Barry Baker, a legend on Long Island. Uh, you know, Scooter Barry, Jason Gaunt. Like these are like people who could have went super, super far left, but because we had that barbershop and we had dads that were like hands on. Like our dads were like the moms of the old times, where like you talk to guys or like talking to my dad, like the moms would be like, "Hey, get your butt in that." Or the dads in the community would be like that because it wasn't a lot. Like there was probably like a dad every block growing up. You feel what I'm saying? Maybe two, where we're from. So if my dad seen somebody else's son outside wilding, he's going to take you know account of him like it was his. You had your mom in your life, mm-hmm. and you had a very active dad there for you. Why didn't you care about school? Did you not want to leave the area? No, I wanted to. I wanted back. I hate Long Island. I've always hated growing up on Long Island. Like I've never liked Long Island ever. Like I've never had long this Long Island pride. I've never had school pride. Um, my dad's from Brooklyn. We would go out to Brooklyn. And I'd be like, "This is weird. Why don't we live out here?" Because like it's not like we're living in a lap of luxury on Long Island. Like we have like the Dave Chappelle joke. Like 
we had just enough to be broke. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It's five kids, you know, um, you know, the breakdown of a of a uh, of a system like that is you got five kids. Two of the kids aren't even from this marriage. So that's child support. That money's going out there. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got the kids in the house that you have to take care of. It's mad mouse to feed. Um, my dad didn't have, I think he was working at like Geico at the time. My mom was working like just some regular data entry position. We didn't have a lot of money. So if I didn't jump into, you know, what I was doing, if I didn't start getting into the streets, then I would have been some bum ass nigga. I couldn't have that. So that's what it was. School was just the social aspect of it because my mom did her best growing up to like keep. She, I guess, she had like the wherewithal to know. I see where this little nigga is gonna get into trouble when when we let him off the leash. Mm-hmm. So she tried to keep me on the leash as long as possible. So like going outside, like I would have to like be back at a certain time, then sneak back out to get into trouble. So with that, it was like, damn, I can't even really kick it how I want to kick it. So that's what school is for. I'd be in school, be in the lunchroom. That's where that's where I hone my craft, talking shit. Did teachers get after you? There was a few that hated me, like hated, hated me. But those were the ones I roasted and would like <laughs> send like, it was like I would put a hit out on teachers. Like I'd be like, yo, go when you go in the fifth period. Like there was this one um, teacher for art and deco, um, Mr. Tycon. I don't know. His name used to sound like the pencil. So I can't. I <laughs> Ticonderoga? Can't, it yeah. sounds like yeah. It's yeah. something like that. So what I would do is because I didn't have an art like in ninth grade, I, for whatever reason, they didn't give me an art. So I had to take it in 12th grade. And so I'm in class with like, it's like Billy Madison. I'm, mm. the, you're, I'm a 12th you're way grader. Too big. I'm a 12th grader. No, yeah. we're, we're all the same size. I'm short. Yeah. I was short in high school. But, but like, I'm way older than these kids. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck am I doing here? So what I would do is, I would, when he hated me, and mm-hmm. I would never like doing the work because I can't draw. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what the fuck do you have me doing this shit for? So he hated me. I hated him. So what I would do is, I would, I would cause a ruckus, and then I would make all the younger kids cause a ruckus in periods after. And so, like, I'd, like, next tell chirp a kid for no reason. <laughs> I'd fucking aim message somebody and be like, yo, do this. And they'll do it. And, like, the, he would hate that class. Like, I think he retired after my <laughs> senior year. Yeah, I don't think he was there after. Yeah. Like, he hated me. But the other teachers, they just wanted, like, they really liked me. You know, even to this day, I think that's the hard part about, like, I might be a tough pill to swallow for, for dickheads for, or, like, for other people who don't want to keep it a buck but other people genuinely good people they love me and i think it's because no matter what i think a big part of our industry is like your likability like no matter how much of an asshole i am Mm -hmm. or come across on camera i take pride in like think i'm pretty likable Mm -hmm. and that's what gets me over right like we like this likable asshole and so that's how i was in school like i was an asshole i was a i was a bad kid but i was never like i wasn't cursing out teasing trying to fight you no like i just wasn't doing work and making jokes about everything. But no one's looking out for you to pass every class? Oh, yeah, all of them. Um, Up until the moment I dropped out, when I went and I always had this big dream of going to Howard, studying journalism, getting my own radio show, getting on TV, doing everything I'm seemingly doing now, but, like, doing it the that traditional was, way. Yeah, that was yeah. the plan, yeah. Um, so going into senior year, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. I got to get my grades up because I got to get into Howard and I got to do this. I go in there and I look at my schedule and it says statistics. I said, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Like, y'all know the struggle I have with math? What the fuck? So I go in there. I go to the teacher. I go to the uh, guidance counselor. I'm like, yo, listen, y'all trying to stop me from graduating because you give me a math class. I'm not going to pass this shit. They took it off. They gave me office aid. Office aid. Like, you just go to the office eighth period. And like lick stamps and like <laughs> just do nothing. Oh, they thought you were dumb. 
Yes. Mm. That is the goal. You see where I'm going with this? That was the you goal. <laughs> no, like they didn't think I was dumb. They just really the guidance counselors really fucked with me. And one of the guidance counselors, shout out to Mr. Curtis. He went to school with my mom and my biological father. Mm. So like there's a family tie there. So he always will hold it down until he like left and moved down south. So, but does licking stamps help you get into Howard? All right, I, le- I legitimately <laughs> didn't lick stamps, but Sorry, it was like just swabbing stamps. Swabbing, <laughs> but like just doing little office aid work. Like it was a whole yeah. credit. It was a whole class thing. Like mm-hmm. I would have been good. It was everything else. I wouldn't go to. That's eighth period. There's no lunch eighth period. So I will go to eighth period. I'll go to first period. I'll go to second period. And I'll go to third period. Fourth through seventh, I'm in the lunchroom. Mm-hmm. I don't care what class. Did it you is. did you take your school picture every year? I did for no reason. <laughs> And I'm in the yearbook too. Do you actually. have the yearbooks? And I have I have stolen yearbooks. I do. Is it stolen? Yeah. So the name say like Amy or something on it. <laughs> I'm not Amy. <laughs> Your goals were to get out of Long Island. Your goals mm-hmm. were to go to Howard University. Yeah. Your goals were to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. What were you good at in school or at that time? Like, Yo, what? like almost everything. Anything. I, I won't say that. I, anything I put my hand to. I was like but you, pretty but, good but at. you weren't putting your hand to much though because you didn't so care for math you didn't care no, for so art. Well, school, math just I, I, I maybe I think I tried maybe mm-hmm. I think I tried maybe I didn't but I know in those moments where I was really like I gotta learn this shit I just couldn't it it was like mumbo jumbo like I understood one plus one understood one minus one I understood multiplication division when they added x to the shit done I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Pythagorean theorems? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Shapes and shit? Lost. If we only had to do the math that we had to do in real life, right. I'd be fine. You seem well-read. You mm-hmm. seem very left brain. Mm-hmm. So does that mean you were good at English? or Yes, social I was really good at, like, surprisingly good at English. Like, in fifth grade, I won a, um, I won a, like, a cross county, because, like, in Long Island, it's counties. It's Suffolk County and Nassau County. Yep. Mm-hmm. I won, like, a cross county um, competition in fifth grade for, like, writing a short story. And, like, literally no help from my mom. I just was like, what? I got the yellow paper and just started writing a story about. So it was like a it was like a whodunit, but, like, within the house. That's dope. So it was like my little sister is a suspect and my other little sister is a suspect. And it, like, won. Like, it was, it was winning shit that we, like, we didn't know it was in. Like mm-hmm. the teacher, shout out to Miss Fuller. She was the only black teacher I ever had, the only black woman teacher I ever had mm-hmm. in um in fourth grade. And she like put it in to like these competitions that we didn't even know about until like she came back and told my mom like your son's story is like winning. So I've always been good. That's at, a great teacher. Yeah, like yeah. shout out to Miss Fuller. Uh, rest in peace. Um, but I've always been good at English language arts. Everything, no matter what it was, DBQs. The more words and writing, the better. Um, even with math, the word problems I understood because I was able to like infer and I would be able to be like, okay, so you're really just asking me two plus two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You just used a lot of words. And yeah. I, I would even be able to like tell that to other kids who would be, um, like confused with the word problems. It's when you take the words out, I'm mm-hmm. trash. English is good. Social studies. Ama- First of all, I think those were the highest grades I ever got in yeah. any class. I think I was doing like every quarter I was doing like an 80 or a 90 by accident. <laughs> like just because I wouldn't do the homework. Right. I probably would have like 100 average in those classes if I would have did the homework. Right. Just never did the homework because I'm in the streets. Like after, it's like a job. After yeah. after that last bell, I'm not doing nothing. I got shit to do at school. Right. But um, but even like I never understood anybody who had a problem with American history. So I'm like, it already happened. That's the easiest part to think about it. Like, it already happened. Just read the fucking book. It's right there. Mm. They're going to ask you what happened in 1492. 
Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. It's yeah, right but he there. also delivered smallpox. He also yeah, delivered, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like, woke me now yeah. would definitely yeah. answer that question <laughs> different. Fortunately, I do what Columbus do. He fucking lied. Yeah. <laughs> fucking lied. Getting to the end of high school, though, regardless of how you were doing, yeah. did you think you were going to graduate? I didn't think I was going to live. Why? So, ninth grade is uh is when I really... Like really, when my parent, my mom and dad kind of started losing a, uh, a grip on me, um, they had other kids they had to pay attention to. I like my mom was super hands. Shout out to my mother. She was super hands on because when my dad would be at work, she's super hands on with all the kids. Like she'd be able to be in, especially in, it's easy in elementary school and a little bit in middle school because you know you can call the teacher directly. You're in high school. That shit, it's nine teachers. You can't get a hold of all of them. Mm-hmm. So like ninth grade was when I seen. I seen some 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 light and I was I was like fuck it like ran to it ran to it so you know I was in the streets way more um I started doing like started just doing dumb shit for money because I couldn't be like the like my mom would only get us like two pair of shoes a season mm-hmm. so like if I mess up the school shoes I gotta wait till February when tax time mm-hmm. then if I mess those up then I gotta wait till my birthday which is in April and it's like nah like I've always wanted like. I'm I'm always been a nigga that makes jokes. I'm not about to be the nigga that gets joked on. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like I seen like towards the end of eighth grade, my gear wasn't really where it should have been. Mm-hmm. So like the jokes would be like, "All right, Mouse, let's relax because Mousey, we could get on you too." I'd be like, "Okay, so it's not gonna happen in eighth grade. Mm. That's not gonna happen." And also, I got my first piece of pussy in eighth grade. Like I got my first piece of pussy at thirteen. So like oh, on my thirteenth birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been out here. You know, my, you know what I mean? I've, 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 I've been out here. Yeah. But um, so once, once that, you got that tattoo, you leveled up. Once I got that tattoo, it was like it was like the crowning. It was because I was already there. I just needed the crown. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So yeah. Between that and like you know getting the attention of girls and shit, it was like what? Man, you think I'm doing any of that dumbass shit? <laughs> Fuck out here. So you know I was in the streets way more, and then that led into me get, um you know getting into the gang banging, and I'm just being in in the streets. And people don't, you know, understand, like, Long Island is not like the city to where you can't get on a subway and not be seen. You know what I mean? Like, this, this, the city is huge. The birds are huge. You might get into a beef and you might not see this person for, like, a week or the next time you're on a train. Or at least it's easier to get away. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in Long Island. Everybody knows where you live. Everybody has a house. Everybody can find out where you live. Like, I've gotten, I've pulled up on people two towns over. Yeah, I know where you live. What the fuck is up? Feel what I'm saying? So it's like, once you get into that, it's like. Oh no! I want to be the best street nigga that is like, and so ninth grade, tenth grade, that's what I was doing, like breaking into people's houses and stealing shit. Like that's how I made my because I never understood the drug shit because mm-hmm. I never took pl- never took part in it. Mm-hmm. So I never like I remember I tried to sell like I remember I tried to sell crack for like probably like a day, mm-hmm. and like it just felt so uncomfortable because like I don't like fiends, and mm-hmm. so it's like yo get away from me. You feel well, what I'm saying? Uh, tell me about breaking into houses. The first one mm-hmm. that you broke into. So the first house I broke into, North Babylon is sectored off into like, most like any town in Long Island, there's a white side and there's a black side. So we would always go into the white side because the white side is where the pool was, Phelps Lane, that's where the deli is, where the school is. Mm-hmm. So like on the bus to school, I'm taking account, not like, not a no criminal mastermind, I'm just taking into account Oh, this house, the nice house is over here. Yeah. Hmm. And you also don't know any of these people. Don't know any of these people. Like, right. I, I mean, I know them, but I don't know them. Like, I know the kids I get off the bus with because yeah. we all come from the black side of the town, so we all know each other. The white kids, I don't see them in school. Like, maybe I might have been invited to a birthday party. 
maybe my mom might have felt like taking me that day maybe mm-hmm. but i don't know you i don't have no type of connection to y'all right so uh walking home from what we used to do is we used to, in high school we used to uh walk from the actual school we used to which is probably like an hour walk but when it's mad at y'all mm. it's it's just fun like everybody just so we just walking and i remember seeing i seen a seen like a, a 325 i the beamer mm-hmm. they don't even make them shit no more they only make the 328 now i seen a 325 clean and i was like yo son, i can't wait till i get that and my friend was like yeah me neither and i was like yo what you think it looked like in there he was like i don't know i said i'm about to go see and he was like what i said yeah i'm about to go see and so i went around the back and like i don't and i don't know what in me is saying like yo just see if the window's open Lift up the window. Windows open because white people, y'all be trusting us. Like, I mean, not us. I trust your neighbor. <laughs> so, like, I was like, all right, fuck it. So I'm in there. And when I'm in there, I see a gun. I'm like, they don't need that. And then I see a book bag. And I'm like, I could probably put mad stuff in this book bag. And probably, like, it's the longest five minutes ever in my life because I only run through the, the downstairs. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, fuck it. And then my friend, he, uh, he, he aim messages me. He's like, yo, I think somebody's coming. He's scary. That's wasn't nobody fucking coming, but he wanted to get me out the house. Mm-hmm. Thank God yeah. he did. So hopped out. Probably had like, I took like a Game Boy Advance SD or whatever, the longer ones. Mm-hmm. Took one of those. Took an Xbox. The gun. And it was like some fucking silverware. Don't ask me why. Cause I see Home Alone, and I was like, "You could, <laughs> you could pawn silverware." Mm-hmm. Um, took it, got out. But was it nice silverware, or was it just like regular it was, forks? It was, it was dead ass, like regular forks. I literally mm. used those. Like I put those in my, like the dishwasher when I got home. I was like, "What the fuck did I take these for?" I wasn't thinking. <laughs> um, but everything else was like, you know, oh, I got some shit. And then that summer he was scared, but I was like, "Oh, it's lit." Did so, you think there were no consequences whatsoever? There wasn't any for me. I always thought I was the best. Outside of like three times, and that first time being one, I was always by myself. And so like that was something my dad always, you know, I would always hear him talk about on the phone with his homeboys from back in the day. And he always talked about me like, you know, don't, it's even how why I moved the way I move now. Like I'm always by myself. Mm-hmm. Just don't believe in co-defendants. So like I Shout never to ever Corey who's on his way. To, but you notice how he has to meet me here. You know, I don't know what he did before he got here. He don't know what I did before I got here. But um, yeah, so I always been by myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's like even that, even though I'm a super social person, I like to transit by myself because it's like it's just something that's ingrained in me. So breaking into all those houses, I don't ever have to worry about Anybody somebody mm-hmm. us getting caught and somebody's telling on me. Right. I never got caught. But that per- also the person could also have your back. And this is something my dad always instilled in me. I don't ever want to find out you pussy when it's the worst time. Right. Like I don't ever want there to be a situation where we're getting ran down on and you're beating your feet and you're out mm-hmm. so just me by myself i could always i know i could always take on myself i could always hold account for myself hmm. don't want to be accountable for nobody else so you know you break into uh, a couple houses mm-hmm. what is it like to hold on to that idea within you like are you telling people only i know mm-hmm. um you and god yes god and, oh and, god knew <laughs> and, and boy was i feeling it in church on sundays <laughs> sunday you i'm not i wasn't like super religious but like you grew up in it, and you're like, yeah. I have a reverence for God. So I'm like, I I hold and trust and believe that he knows everything, and he's always judging. So I would be in church like, 
Did you confess? No, oh, well, we're not Catholic. Oh, well, but he like I, well, we I don't would, know. Yeah, how many oh, well, yeah. yeah, like we're not denominational. <laughs> well, like so, like if you ever seen like an older black movie and like that, like that type of church uh-huh. is what I'm going to, like mm-hmm. the yelling and the crying and <laughs> yeah, the passing yeah. out. Mm-hmm. That's what I go to. So like when everybody's passing out and like there's like prayer calls and like I never want to be on the altar because I'd always like there's something in our um in the church called like prophecy, like there's prophetics, right? And then mm-hmm. like it's not like being a psychic. But it's like being a psychic. But you're psychic for God, if that makes sense. It does not. Like God no. <laughs> imparts a certain power in certain people. Yeah. So like, you know, we all know what a prophecy is. Yeah. Like the prophetic are the people that deliver it. Mm-hmm. But not everybody has that. Okay. Only certain people that God deems necessary, right? You. No, no. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> but the crazy part is, it's uh, it's like my biological father, and I'll show you like after it's done. Like he's a like world renowned pastor. Hmm. Yeah. Which it goes to show you why I really don't really bangled the church like that because i'm like oh he's been a piece of shit forever but hmm. this is a man of god so he's like he's known for his prophetic so like i would be around him in the small time to be around and he'd like have this disdain on his face for me because he knew what i was doing because god's showing him what i'm doing hmm. and like i wouldn't believe it until he would tell me like oh you were at this house doing this that and i'm like there's no other way anybody else would know like Okay, he's real in that aspect. Or were you terrible at hiding it mm. and you think you were good? I mean, it's only me. Like, how would he know what I put in my pocket at the time? You get what I'm saying? Like, mm. how would he know when I started leaving my shoes outside the door? Mm. Like, that's what I would do because, like, I didn't, because, like, a few kids would start doing it mm-hmm. and get caught because, like, fingerprint and shit. And then, like, mm-hmm. SVU and um, CSI, CSI shit mm-hmm. came out and I had. <laughs> And I never forget in tenth grade they put me in a forensics class. So like I'm using all this shit the exact opposite. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, sir. I'm leaving socks and shit at the door. You're not gonna know it. Like there even was a time where I was like stealing my dad's shoes, and I would like have them in my book bag. And so if I break into a house, I'm wearing his socks. Switch out. So it looks like so if, you're framing your father. Not, well, you know, not him. Just a person who wears his socks. <laughs> Okay, so we're looking for somebody with like size twelve shoes. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but for some reason, he couldn't reach yeah. past five, six. It's a very yeah. unique individual. Yeah, we're yeah. looking for a letter L. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I was using that shit all wrong. So being so like being in church, that would be the worst for me. Sundays would be rough for me. Like I'd be like sitting in a corner, like just sitting down crying because I didn't want to get prayed for because right. I was so scared that my pastor would find out. Um, but they, there's a lot of shit they knew already just from me being in the neighborhood that they didn't like. So the, the doing the uh, breaking the entrance didn't like so weren't necessary. beyond everyone at church knowing, mm-hmm. your folks had no idea what you were doing? Nah, they knew I was doing some dumb shit, though, because... They knew you had nice shoes? Yeah, I had my own shoes. I had my own money, like when we go you out to shop. You left the silverware in the dishwasher? <laughs> yeah, in the dishwasher. <laughs> I didn't know where it came from. <laughs> to this day, like if they listen to the show, they'll find out where it came from. Are they avid listeners? Do they? <laughs> no, my dad is now listening to podcasts after he came on mine. So wow! Like, like he feels like he's a celebrity now. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "Yo, you see the numbers? Shut up! <laughs> shut, shut up!" So they knew you weren't making a ton of money from sweeping up hair. Yeah, but that's what it was like. And I think my uncle would sometimes lie too, like I, because like good looking out. Everybody in the neighborhood knows that I'm doing something. Right, right. Just don't can't put a finger what it is, and they. My uncle used to threaten me all the time. Don't you be out here selling no drugs. Don't you be out here doing this. I say, you no don't have problem. to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Tried it. Don't yeah. like that. Um, not great at statistics. Not, not great at statistics. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know what my income outcome supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, yeah. Spreadsheets. Don't right. know what the fuck I'm supposed to do with that. Um, so so I think like he would lie sometimes and say like, like my mom came home one time and was like, oh, did you tell your uncle thank you for giving you $200? I'm like, 
nigga ain't give me no fucking two hundred dollars. <laughs> but that explained those new shoes at the door. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was a, uh, it, it it was a weird time there. Like just trying to, not so much live that double life because. All they didn't know is that I was doing breaking the innards. They knew I was, you know, running with gangs. There mm-hmm. was, um, you know, there was a, a I, I, I'm not going to put them on blast, but there was a house around the corner from us, a wine dance, that was a, like, gang house. Like, that was the house that everybody from that gang went to. And they loved me. Like, they loved me like, because I would always fight. I'm always outside in the streets. I'm the youngest, always with the with the oldest guys. So I never had a problem. So they would be like, like, if, like just fighting in the neighborhood, they'd be by and watch it. So after a while, they would just, I would be around them all the time, like always around them. And um, the neighborhood didn't like that. The church obviously didn't like that. So um, they tried to do, you know, I remember like there being a few like ministers in the church tried to get out the car and their dad fits and be like, what are you doing out here? Don't you know the word of the Lord? And I'd be like, you better get the fuck out of here before we beat you the fuck up. You weren't in the gang. I was affiliated. You were affiliated. Mm-hmm. Did you have any issue with the fact that you're a lone wolf and... This is a, a that, team that happened at, at like, that happened out of as as a result of it. So what happened was, I believed I came home. Like I believed I got beat in and jumped in because there was this dude who used to hang around around him. Um, he's he's now dead. Um, but he used to hang around him, and so he brought me home. You know him, his set. He brought me home, and then I remember one day when he got locked up. Niggas are like, "Yo, his whole set is done." Like. He's he's out here fraudulent. This nigga been lying. He said he was from here. He not from here. And I'm like, oh, I would be underneath that set, wouldn't I? So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay affiliated with you guys. Nobody needs to know anything else. Hey, whatever you guys roll with, I roll with. But then, like, very, like you know, when Dipset came out, then it was, like, super, like, it went from being, you are this gang or you this gang to, like, it don't matter what gang you're in. We're all in this one big ass gang. Right. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, that's when shit hit the fan for me, because I'm from North Babylon. Like my mom is from North Babylon. Went to North Babylon. My biological father is from three blocks over. He's from North Babylon. Whole family from North Babylon. So I don't have no attachment to wine dance. One summer, everybody finds out their cousins and like all the neighborhood beefs we've had since our parents are now done. Except for me, because I'm like, no, niggas jumped me, took my bike, all kind of shit. Like, we've been fighting in these streets for years. No, I'm not letting that shit go. So I ended up having, it was just literally like all of Wine Dance versus me. And, and like, that lasted from 2006. When did MySpace jump? It was 2006 shit until I went to, like, the military. So, like, 2008. So years. I'm talking about, like, if I'm at a party, it's probably getting shot up. Like, they came up to, like, football games looking for me. Like, if I seen them in the neighborhood, I would pop on them just because it's like, oh, now nah, I'm going to get you before you get me. Mad fights, like, never in front of the crib. Like, I was always good at that. I was always good at, like, never letting people know where I live and shit. So, like, I'd always, like, get into fights, like, around the corner or, like, lead them to the block. Uh, Shout, shout out to uh, Peter J. Brennan. Like, that was, it's not a park. It was an actual school, but we always just played in that playground area or, like, at Belmont Park. So, mm-hmm. Nobody ever knew where I lived, but I'd be like, oh, they, they're, they're there? I'd buy. And then, um, you know, very early on, I was like, listen, y'all not going to kill me. So, especially when I start seeing kids my age die from what we out here doing, mm-hmm. getting shot and shit. So, I was like, nah, y'all not going to kill me. So, if somebody's going to die, it's not going to be me. So, I remember, like, like they would be at the Wine Dance Park where it would be Wine Dance Day. They'd all congregate over there. i go by, light that shit up. Be like, yeah, nigga, like. You, you you don't know who it is You do know who, I don't care Like 
I'm not pussy. Like, I'm going to take it to y'all. And that lasted for two years. And, like, there was, like, you know, I got stabbed because of that, got shot at because of that, got jumped. <laughs> I tell the story about, uh, if y'all ever seen my friend Prentice, he's, he's, uh, he's probably, like, the only person I have with me other than my co-host, Reek. Um, Prentice is, like, one of my longest friends, like, 11th grade. And we're literally, like, opposite images of each other. Like, he, you know, he went to lame, he went to Lehigh. He's a, now a basketball coach at St. Joe's now. Like, I think we linked in, like, which is, like, the coolest story I have is, like, we linked in Greece one year when I was in the military, and he was, like, playing ball overseas. But, like, he, we're the same exact age. His dad, you know, was able to keep a hold on him because he wasn't a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. So, like, Brennan, where everything would, like, get jumping, he wasn't allowed to go to Brennan. Even though he lived across the street, he'd probably be like, he got him a hoop. You play in this yard. And he avoided all drama. I remember one time I was going to check him, and I'm leaving, and just the car of all these niggas from Wine Dance pull up, and they just seen me. Like, they were just driving through, seeing me. I'm on my bike. I see them. I hop on my bike, throw the bike at the car. They get out, and they wash me. Like, they, this is probably, like, the worst jump ever. Like, they wash me. Like, my head was lumped the fuck up. Like, like I have this, like, split under my eye from that shit. Like, they washed me. And I remember looking. <laughs> I remember looking from the ground, looking into the, uh, looking into like uh, Prince's living room window. He's watching, <laughs> but I don't, I don't blame him because like that, that's not his life. Yeah, he right. Should, and it wouldn't have been safe. Like you're right in front of your crib. Like don't do that. Like right. he made the right decision, but it was just like uh, after the fact, it was mad funny to me because it was like, yo, you just watched me get my ass whooped. And like we talked about as adults like a few weeks ago and just laughed, but like. That was the type of shit that was happening on a regular. Crazy. Like, on a regular. And you never left because that would have been pussy? Yeah, I can't. Like, they tried. My parents tried to. Um, So, after I got stabbed. After I got stabbed, my parents tried to move me up with my biological father. And at the time, he was living in um, Rot- Haverstraw, upstate New York somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, not too far from, what's that big mall? Palisades. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah, he lived, over he the was, bridge. Yeah, yeah. he mm-hmm. was living up there. Um, so like one day, like they dropped me off at his church in Queens and he made a big sting and basically showed his ass and like why you definitely shouldn't like everything you shouldn't be as a father. Like this man who has literally raised your son for the past, I'm, my parents got married when I was six. They tried to drop me off on Andre when I was 17. So whatever that math 11, is, yeah. that man, the man who has raised your son for 11 years, been at every fight, been at every basketball game every wrestling match, whatever i was doing my dad was there this man is now telling you yo your son's life is in danger so we need to try and like rectify this and like he just didn't have that heart of a father that look of a father you feel me mm-hmm. and like that is what kind of solidified me as like my outlook on him and also my outlook as a father because now this is all happening and this is all happening i'm 17 um, this chick is pregnant with my kid. And at the time, I don't know it's my kid. I think it's her boyfriend's kid. But, like, you fast forward and now I'm like, all right, so that's the kind of father I'm not going to be. And that's definitely the father I'm not to my kids. Like, my life was literally in danger. Like, literally, like, I'm sitting here. I got bandages on my leg. Like, I could have bled out. Like, the motherfucker just didn't know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I could have bled out. I could have died. No kid. He was like, well, I'm not taking that drama up, da 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 da, because there's that that gang is up there where I live too, and so, so yeah, that that just goes to show you like what 
I was into at the time. Yes, you could have moved away. You're holding on to something, right? Mm-hmm. Your pride. But like... Well, it wasn't even a choice at that point. Because but, like... But I'm saying like not even like... Mm-hmm. Not even there. You could have mm-hmm. been anywhere, right? Okay. There's something within you that I'm trying to figure out. Like what... What were you like personally like... Well, what did you... It's just this always... Oh, just, just, what were you fighting for? Yeah. The, just like, this pride like... It, from everything it started, it was just like, yo, I'm not pussy. I'm not about to run me up out of here. Like, and I'm, I've always But your been life known, is literally on the line. But I'm, I'm not looking at it like that. Like, I'm looking at it like, number one, at this time, and then, so by 17, I had started doing, like, actual armed robberies. Like, like, because I broke into, a, I broke into a house and somebody was dead. Mm-hmm. And so, the only, the only option I had was to tie him up. And then when I seen how easy that was and how, like, affected I wasn't, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I can do this all the time. And so, like, I was, you know, I would rob the drug dealers. Um, You know, there's a street called Straight Path, and that's, like, the main road that goes through Long Island. It goes through, like, five or six towns. So, like, near Wine Dance, all this, all, like, for whatever reason, all the fiends would be over there. So all the trap houses would be over there. So very early on, 17, 17 years old, I'm breaking into trap houses, laying people down, tying people up, like, just me. You've at that point dropped out of high school. I didn't drop out of high school until April of two thousand and seven, right after I turned eighteen. So you were so that's your you senior were year. Supposed to graduate mm-hmm. in like two months. So what happened was, and you have I have a child. A child. I have an MP. No, I have a child at this point. My child is born. Um, she was born on winter recess. I had so many plans. Like, we were all supposed to go to the Ave, get fly, and then go rent a house in the Poconos. Like, we were supposed to do this shit up. Everybody went, except me, because I get a call. Oh, such and such had the baby. I'm like, why the fuck are you calling me? It's not mine. It's not such and such. I'm like, oh, shit. So I come in, and I, you know, um, I ended up having, like, getting away around having to pay for the paternity test because she had, like, really bad jaundice. Like, when I seen her, she was... She was like yellower than like she was yellow like yeah and they they were thinking she might have needed a, a blood transfusion, so they knew it wasn't the guy because they tried to use his blood and it was not even a match at all. Wasn't the mom's? She's my my oldest in my blood type, so we went in, got the blood test done, and because it was like an emergency, like they did whatever they had to do, like get it checked ASAP. So like I found out very long like this is my kid. Like okay, so now I'm a dad. So school went out the window journalism howard that shit has to wait dream deferred i gotta get out here i gotta rob everybody i gotta break in these houses i gotta be the best street nigga now because i gotta provide for this kid still like, living at home still living still living at home parents are disappointed mm-hmm. because they didn't want this do you have a nine to five i got a seasonal job at jc penny's mm-hmm. doing what I was in the shoe department, um, and that's yeah, that's my senior, yeah, that's my senior year. Um, I got a seasonal, and then like they liked me, so they kept me for a few months. But that shit didn't work because I was I was like boosting out of there, like I was, like I'd I'd have like old ladies come in and like just sell them stuff, and I'd pop the tag off and sell it to them from there. So like instead of like they liked me, so instead of them being like, okay, we're gonna call the cops on you, just don't come back to work. So when you say dream deferred. Mm-hmm. How, was, how do you know the dream's not dead? Well, you know, I say that now. Yeah. Now I say dream deferred. Yeah. At that time, what the fuck is Howard? What the fuck is journalism? That's just a joke. Like, I gotta. What the fuck is Brooklyn? You're just you're no. Just, it that was the you're goal. Just here. That, that was the goal to get to to get my daughter move to Brooklyn, and then be the best street nigga out there because of the skills that you have. Mm-hmm. And then that got marked out because I tried to run in the stash house, 
and motherfuckers like lit that shit up and I, I that was like the first time i ever felt like my life is in danger like mind you i've been stabbed i'm bleeding out i'm you know weary you know in the car ride to the hospital to get the stitches still nothing in my mind is saying oh my life's in danger when i went tried to get in that stash house and they lit that shit up that's when i said motherfucker not playing with their money they drugs they they not playing so maybe i need to find something else to do my cousin comes to me i come to my parents i'm now I'm, I'm out i'm out of high school and i think i just picked up a job at Pathmark, the place I've been stealing from all my life. Right. So the like that one Pathmark, the the Pathmark. You know, if anybody grew up in the hood, you know, in New York, you know about Pathmark. And you guys from New York, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We know Pathmark. Yeah, sure. So yeah, so um, shout out to all of our people up there. Yeah, yeah. At Pathmark. <laughs> well, that's not there no more. Like you yeah. know, they shut it yeah. down or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I got a job at the uh, in the fish department, in the seafood department, mm -hmm. making really good money. Mm -hmm. Like I think I was making like sixteen, seventeen dollars an hour, and of course because I'm me. Mm -hmm. You were good at handling fish. No, I'm terrible at <laughs> handling fish. Really bad at that shit. Like I'm, I can't, can't cut them, can't shave them, and none of that shit. What I really good at? I was really good at stealing. So I would have people come. To, I would have everybody from the neighborhood on like the days I work. I'd be like, at this time, come. And what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna sell you these crab, these crab legs, but at a like deferred price. So I would weigh them at one thing, mm -hmm. and then just put it, and then put on. more yeah. crabs in there, yeah, and then send them to this girl that I was talking to. She worked at the cash register. I'd be like, make sure you go to her. If you go to anybody else, you're gonna alert them. Mm -hmm. Go to her. And so I was good with that until like, until I went to the military. Because so my cousin comes while I'm working at Pathmark, um, not doing shit, um, just being in the streets, being a not even being like a good dad. Like I was like getting my daughter to go stand on the block. Like, that's the weird shit I would do, knowing I got all these issues. But, like, I'm not pussy, and I want to be outside, and it's whatever. Did people approach you with your no, daughter? No, thank God that's never happened. Okay. Thank God it's never happened. Like, you know, for whatever reason, you know, and, and maybe it's because we're from Long Island, and there might be some, like, decorum there mm -hmm. in, in the way we were raised. So, like, I remember there was one time I was standing on a straight path with my daughter. I went to Jimmy's, which was the, uh, the little... It's not, it's not a bodega. It wasn't a bodega yet because it was still black owned. Mm -hmm. Went to Jimmy's, got some uh, got some candy or whatever, and I'm just leisurely walking up straight path. Um, and I see a car of these niggas. Mm -hmm. And they like, we'll see you again. But like they didn't have to do that, you feel me? It was me and my like newborn daughter. They could have hopped out with all the smoke at that moment. I'm outside naked. I don't have nothing on me. I don't even have a knife on me. I have a gun on me. Nothing. It's just me and my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then that is what was like, okay, maybe there's something else I need to do, but I don't know what it is yet. But so when they, when that car like goes down the block mm -hmm. past you, are you like shaken? Yeah. Okay. That's, it's like one of the first times in my life I've ever been scared. Not for me, for her. Yeah. I'm like, I got my daughter, like this could really go left. So, um, I think literally the way God had it is the next day my cousin comes over and I don't like this nigga at all. Like. Your cousin? He's not my real cousin. So my uncle got married, obviously, to his wife. That's my aunt. But she already had a son, which was him. Mm -hmm. I don't like this nigga at all. Never have liked this nigga. Like, we've never liked... Nope. I don't like this nigga you at all. Yeah. Like, if I seen him today, it, it's definitely going to be smoke. It's definitely going to be smoke. Because... So he comes over and he's talking all this shit. He's like, hey, man, um, I just joined the Navy. They're doing this buddy program thing. Anywhere I go, you can go. In my mind, I'm like, I would never go nowhere with your bitch ass. <laughs> but he brought the recruiter. Because this is what 
recruiters do. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is a military strategic move with recruiters. So I find out the recruiter lived in the neighborhood, knew who I was, knew what I was about, knew the bullshit I was into, knew the gangs I was hanging around, mm-hmm. and he was like, I want that kid. So he gets the guy, he gets, we'll call him Q, right? We get my cousin Q. Uh, I'll fuck his bitch ass. Quentin. <laughs> Quentin, right? This yeah. bum ass well, nigga name is Q Quentin. Q is not a good yeah, nickname, right. yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, his name is right. It could have been what, Quinn or Quinnell. That was it. What a mystery. <laughs> so, my cousin Q. Yeah, so yeah. My, co- my, bitch ass qu- my bitch ass cousin Quentin. Uh-huh. So he comes over and he brings the. So my parents are like, what do you think? And I'm like, I'm not with it. And they're like, well, you're doing it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, you're doing it or you don't have a place to live. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm doing it. <laughs> And um, so so the recruiter comes over and I meet him. I'm like, ah, this nigga cool. Like he's like, he's like the he's like Bubba Sparks Jr. Like he was just mad cool. He was from Florida. He had like blonde. He was white, fat. Like he yeah, was I'm cool just like, though. You're, you're just saying he's a fat white dude, right? Yeah, that likes hip hop. <laughs> yeah, he was cool. He knew all like he's he, a salesman. He, he, you know what that might have been? No, because he had a black baby mother and everything. Like he, he oh, connected, maybe it was Bubba Sparks. Son, he connected with me on every on every level. Mm-hmm. Like. Every level. He what like, did he I tell you about the Navy that you were just like, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. He he, it was nothing. Ugly. Yeah. <laughs> nothing he told me got me to do it. It was, I was, my parents basically did it. Like I was, I yeah. had no You would run out of options. We just want to take a second to interrupt this podcast with Mouse Jones to tell you that we have a few AKA t-shirts, both in purple and in black available right now at itsthereal.com slash shop. If you love our intros on this podcast, where we're yelling out names like, Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Petri Dish, a.k.a. For the Culture. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Player of the Year, a.k.a. Uchiwali Zerbiak. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Whippin' Farns, a.k.a. Indiana Jones. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Gimme Little Head, a.k.a. Zika Virus. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Moving Crack, a.k.a. San Andreas Fault. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Buckshot Shorty, a.k.a. Bambi, and so many more. So many more, and they're all listed on the back of these really dope really well designed and really comfortable t-shirts i was wearing one when we went to the bronx just the other day to the carnival and music festival that is greatest day ever shout out to our guys irv and klep who threw on an amazing show up there it was a really fantastic experience got a lot of compliments on my it's the real purple aka t-shirt get yours today we send handwritten notes it makes our mom proud it's the shop and now back to Mouse Jones. So he comes over and my dad is like, all right, all right, let's t- let's talk about this. My dad, when my mom walks away, my dad is like, it, like this is like one of the realest talks. We've had, up until this point, we've had two real talks. And they were literally within a month of each other. The first one, I don't know what happened. I think it was by accident. Somebody bust my dad's um, car windows. And my dad, his prized possession at the time was his, his, his Lexus. Because like him and my uncle, they had, you know, uh, Started a company, um, mortgage company, and it was so good that you know this big conglomerate called Exit Realty. They came and was like, "We want you to buy one. Of, we want you to handle one of our franchises." They were getting to the money, and this is at the time, like right before the the housing crash, so mm-hmm. when everybody was getting a house. I'm talking about. I've never seen my family with this much money. Like, there were new cars. Like my mom went and got a new minivan. My dad got the new joint, and at the time, like the running joke was their cars were shitty, like shitty like they had this like path they're not pathfinder fuck pathmark <laughs> almost pathmark i can't think of the name of this shit it was it was this terrible jeep what were you pushing uh, in a suzu <laughs> <laughs> no 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 <laughs> fuck it was a minivan my mom just wanted a minivan because there's so many of us mm-hmm. and then my dad had, <laughs> this, had this like volvo mm. had this black volvo that 
he would clean the shit out. So it was like, if you're black and you're in a neighborhood, you know that every old nigga has that one old car that they keep mad clean. Mm -hmm. That was my dad's <laughs> Volvo. Is this a bit? No, it's the... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Corey's nodding his head yes. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Like, th there's one old nigga that just keeps the car mad clean. No, but you just delivered it like... Hey, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, I don't know, but, um, anybody here from the block, <laughs> anybody, anybody, you should show you'll know this, but, um, so like his prized possession was that, that, that Lexus, he had mm -hmm. a brand new 05 Lexus ES 300 shit is clean to this day. That shit is in pristine. Somebody came and bust the windows. And so we hear the windows busting. my room's in the front. And this is like in the midst of me having a issues, issues yeah. with everybody in one day. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh shit. So in my mind, I don't even think, because my dad is no longer that gangster guy that, mm -hmm. you know, he was before he met my mom. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, I got to defend the house. So I grab my gun and I run out the side door because I'm like, they broke the car in front of, the car was in front of my window. So you, you got to run this way. So I'm like, bet, I'm going to catch these niggas. I'm going to light these niggas up. So I run out the house and I come out and before I can even let off, I don't see nobody. So now I'm coming around the side of the house. And then I hear, because we have an alarm system, so I hear something go boop, boop. So in my mind, I'm like, niggas are in the house. So when I run around the corner, it's my dad. He got his thing, and he pulls on me. And we're literally sitting there like, what are you doing with that? And he's like, what are you doing with that? And I'm like, well, somebody just bust these windows out, so I was going to bust them out. And so that was the first real conversation we ever had, you know, and just as a man, him being like, you don't bring no you know, gun into no other man's house. Like, you my son-in-law, but I could blew your head. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that was a real conversation we had. It's like a Denzel Washington movie. It's the truth. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, the way I was living, and then him being who he's always been. Yeah. Like, it was just like, disrespect. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, And then the very next real conversation was that one, the day before I joined the military, he's like, son, you gonna lose your life out here. And like, we're not a, we're not a real... Um, soft family or like feelings family. Right. Like my parents don't tell me I love you all the time. I don't remember the last time my mom said I love you. You feel what I'm saying? Like I remember the last time my mom hugged me. I know she loves me. Mm -hmm. She's good. But like that's just not who we are as a family. Like we're a jokey family. Like right. we are always cracking jokes on each other. Like I'm always telling my dad, get your fat ass out of here. Like, is that what you said man. when he pulled a gun on you? Yeah. <laughs> no, when he pulled a gun, I was like, nigga, you almost died. Um, and so when he says, you know, so we're sitting down in the living room, now forget, he's like, son, I love you with all my heart. I, and you're going to die in these streets. And I'm not going to have that. So you, it's not even an option of you not joining and living elsewhere because you'll have to go through me. Mind you, I'm 18. And although I think I'm super tough, mm -hmm. my dad's 6'2. 220 mm -hmm. nothing i could do with him so me going through him wasn't an option was he have tattooed on his back yeah nothing my dad that's what i'm most scared of my dad don't have no tattoos mm. so like yeah there's no incriminating marks so right that nigga, <laughs> he's up to something <laughs> he looks like every other black guy like literally he's up to something so did you have any hesitancy because you got an infant daughter at no home? although i had this thought process of i'm a dad it didn't hit me that I was a dad. So it was like, oh, well, fuck it. You know, I'm some money back home. I'm about to live this life because, you know, you go into the recruiting office and they're like, yo, you could do this. And you can go here. You can get all the bitches and you can get all this money. I'm like, yo, what? All right, let's do it. So the day comes, we all go to MEPS, uh, which is at the bottom of, uh, it's called Fort Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And it's at the bottom oh, of the, yeah, it's at the bottom of the yeah. Arizona Bridge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's where everybody who joins the military in New York, New Jersey, and some of Philly, they all go there. And me and, the, me and my cousin, we go in, 
And then like an hour into it, I don't see this motherfucker. Q. Two hours. Yeah, I don't see Quentin's bitch ass at all. I'm like, where the fuck is he at? I'm texting him. No answer. Officer bitch ass. <laughs> no. Like, he's just a bitch ass. Oh, private. Because this motherfucker <laughs> gets in there mm-hmm. and pussies out. Really? He says, he says something's wrong with his leg and he can't do the rest of the physical. What was wrong with it? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. He's a bitch. <laughs> That's what's wrong with him. So, but I've signed my name, and they scare you. For anybody who does this, they're gonna scare you. Don't fall for it. <laughs> if you sign your name to go to boot camp and you don't show up on a day for boot camp, they ain't gonna do shit to you. But throw your application away. They had it reared in my head like you are signing your name. If you back out, it's an official. Go- You're going to Fort Leavenworth. Like I'm like what? I I could do Yapanka Rivet. I can't do Fort Leavenworth. Like <laughs> it's a fort. So had you ever been out on the water before? Mm-mm. Had you ever uh, been in a situation where you had to wake up at the crack of dawn and line up? Maybe for living, someone? maybe living with my mom. That's <laughs> yeah. about it. Did you well, ever have to like shine shoes? Never. You ever have to? Not like, the one. Well, not before then. No. Yeah. Never. Right. Ever have to? Um, before then, like use you know a toothbrush to clean up like. I've never had to use a toothbrush oh, to clean good, up anything <laughs> other than my sneakers. Anything, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But how, you well, no, did nothing. No. How many all-white outfits did you have? <laughs> <laughs> I had an all-white dicky suit. <laughs> had a all had an all-white dicky suit that I would wear with my um, American flag bandana. Mm-hmm. And, what kind of Tims? Uh, no Tims. No no Tims. No Tims. Uh, white Air Ones. Yeah. Yeah. All, all white. All white. Um. But but not. Not no low tops. This is a, I shout out to Nike. They just sent me my first pair of like low top Air Force ones ever in life. Oh I've, never guy, yeah. I've never wore low. I've never wore low. No, they weren't a thing. Like <laughs> we never did the three quarters and we never did the low tops. Like never. It was no. Like, you're just like oh yeah. Shout out to Nike for sending me my. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It was. I'm no. I'm, shout them out because you know the brand is strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out to NJ. She writes these personalized yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah. We get shout it. Shout out to NJ. I appreciate you benevolence. Um, but yeah. So like. So that was the only all white outfit I ever had, and I would wear. I wore it until it yellowed. So you didn't. You didn't know all the Sweet Sixteens. I was uh, wearing that shit too. It's, it's technically uh, <laughs> it's jaundiced. Yeah, ja- yeah. Jaundiced. Sorry, but you didn't know what you were getting into. No, zero idea. Like it's nothing like the movies. So uh, that day, we wake up, um, because I didn't graduate, and I had a lot of tattoos, and I had got I got into some trouble where I didn't get arrested, but they took my name, um. I never was fucking Superman. That was the name of the cop. Fucking his bitch ass. Superman fucking he would get out on us and he would always chase us. One of these days, this is like I'm a lot older. I'm like 16, 17. No, I'm 16. One of these days I'm standing on the block with the people from the gang house. He pulls up and he takes all of our names. I don't have an ID, obviously, because I'm in fucking high school, so I gave him my school ID. Oh, I thought you just turned around yeah, and took your shirt off. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he knew my name. He knew my name, but they never had a government on me. Mm-hmm. So when I gave him my my school ID, I never got it back. So I come to find out when I joined the military that my name was on the gang list. So there's these things in the military you need called waivers. So you have to have a certain like if you have certain things with you, if you have tattoos, if you don't have a diploma, you have to get a certain amount of waivers signed, and you have to wait a certain amount of time before you go. Hmm. So that's what I had to do. I had to wait three months. So I sign up and I don't leave for three months. It's the longest three months of my life because I'm like still in the streets. But I'm like, I know I got a way out. The way I'm looking at it, I'm like, all right, I just got to get out these streets. It's like fucking, I don't know. It's like Get Rich or Die Trying. Some movie like that where you're like, 
I just got to make it to these three months. Right. I did not see me making it through these three months. Like, I would stay in the crib, like, not go to certain parties. Or, like, if I did, it would be, like, mad towns over. I'm going to parties, like, out west. I'm not doing no breaking and enterings. I'm not doing no beanies. I'm not doing no sticking, nothing. I'm like, I just got to get it. Because I know once I get to the military, I'm going to get all this money. It's just going to be different. Yep. The day comes, and it's a group of us. It's four of us. Two girls and me and this other guy. This other guy, he's been troubled the whole time. Because mind, I don't smoke a drink, so I never had trouble. I never had trouble passing any of the tests. Mm-hmm. All the other kids, they smoke and drink it, right? So, this kid, so so uh, the recruiter is like, "Hey, right, y'all, y'all ready?" So the kid comes over and he's like, "Yo, keep it a buck with you, FC one. I got high last night." He's like, "What?" <laughs> he goes get the largest gallon of water. <laughs> he's like, "Drink this shit before we get to, cause they're gonna they're gonna piss test you before." We get on the plane to go to boot camp. It's um, it's the day before Valentine's. It's it's the it's the day of Valentine's Day. This Happy is the day Valentine's of, Day. Yeah, yeah. It's the day of Valentine's Day. Mm. So um, I got my sidekick. I got my razor, and I'm texting everybody. I'm like, "Yo, it's over for your boy. Like, I'm about to go. It's over. I'm putting this long ass like, I'm I'm trying to code my MySpace for like <laughs> to make the post like on my." Oh, you're getting, kick. you're getting like the blingy, right? Yeah, I'm trying to like say peace, y'all. Yeah. Um, have my countdown and shit. Like yeah. countdown till I'm back. It's about to be three months of boot camp and all that shit. We get there. Yo, it's the longest ride because this motherfucker, obviously, is ride from Bayshore, New York on Long Island to Brooklyn. That's an hour. That's like an hour, hour, 20 minutes with this motherfucker drinking all this water. This <laughs> motherfucker throws up in the back mad times. Like he was bad for business. He was the worst. He ended up having to get sent back. He ended up joining though. He ended, he ended up joining and he came like, I seen him, like, we seen each other at a duty station, like, a year later. And I was like, how the fuck? He's like, nah, you know what I mean? I didn't smoke. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, motherfucker, you shouldn't have smoked that day. You would have been good, boy. But yeah, we get there, and there was a snowstorm. That, yeah, because it's uh, Valentine's Day 2008. There's a snowstorm. So we couldn't leave. So they put us up in this hotel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everybody loves a hotel party. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. There was a hotel party. Everybody had their iPods and everybody was playing music. Um, this CD players was still a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, there's a CD play in one of the rooms. So, yo, we're having a whole fucking party. Like, the Navy is not notorious for getting, like, a lot of women. All the women that join the military usually either go to the Marines or go to the Army. But it's all of us. Everybody from New from the New York, New Jersey area that was going to any branch of military was Snowden. leaving from that. I got so much pussy. <laughs> oh, my God. So that shit was lit. Like, and it was like a liquor store somewhere near. Because we were at the we were at the hotel across from Newark, um, from the Newark airport. So there must have been a liquor store somewhere. Somebody must have known somebody. All I know is somehow, someway, liquor showed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was lit. <laughs> Wait, I just need to, I, I want to fact check something. Mm-hmm. You said you got so much pussy? That night. <laughs> mm-hmm. That night. So much. Meaning, what? there's two girls you had. No, 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 no. Two, like, there was two people that came with my Navy recruiter. Uh-huh. We all met up with everybody that was supposed to fly out to whatever their boot camp is going to be. Like, mm-hmm. the people in the Army, they were about to go to South Carolina. Or Jacksonville, one of those. People in the Marines were about to go to Cali. Mm-hmm. We were about to go to uh, this Chicago. This is end yeah. of the world shit. It's like literally 100 kids on. Yeah, Eric, didn't you check like his three. MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't see my MySpace. It was lit. But yeah, we yeah, we ended up having fun that night. That was 
that was a great send off. So yeah, so you go from that high, yeah, then um, to the boot next camp, which is worse than you think, or what? Yo, so much pussy, <laughs> no pussy, no fucking you pussy. Were the pussy. <laughs> I was the pussy. I didn't get fucked. Pause. Um, did they? Did they like just? It started. Kill, kill it started. Physically? It started immediately. Kill you mentally. Mentally, it was more mentally than physical. They gotta break mm. you down and build you up. Exactly, yeah. especially with. I don't know how I always end up in these fucking situations, but there's all we're always the rowdy bunch. So oh, my, how did how did that happen? I wasn't the problem at the at the beginning. I wasn't the problematic one. I had motherfuckers from Houston. Your name's on the gang list. <laughs> That's a good point. They and those and those commandos definitely had those. Uh, they had those lists, so they knew who everybody was before you said anything. So like, they cut all your hair off or what? Well, I did it myself okay. because I knew they were gonna violate. Yep. So my uncle the day before, <laughs> you know, gave me a like a, a skin a, like skin baldy, but Whoa. the shape up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept yeah. the shape up. I didn't, I didn't have like I had a light beard that's at why, the time. That's why you got all that pussy that night. That no, no, it it no. That is a big reason because I had one of the better haircuts. Yeah, because everybody else didn't get a haircut because they were about to go to boot camp. Mm-hmm. I was like, you no, clean. you're not yeah. gonna violate me. Did you get anything like shaved in? No, no, they would have <laughs> like the New York no, Knicks they, logo. No, then they would have like balded me. Like, yeah. They did that to some guys. Like some guys were like balded. Like you weren't about to violate my shit. So yeah. like mm-hmm. even when we sat down in in the barbershop shop at, at uh at uh fuck what's the name of it in Chicago mm-hmm. at Great Lakes, just run it over all you want. And my shit is mad low, and you're not ruining my shape up, mm-hmm. boy. Like I was lit. <laughs> I was lit for a whole two weeks. Like. I wish a shape up lasted that long now. <laughs> like a whole two weeks, I was lit, and they were mad. They were like, "Oh, Jones is the cutie pie." I was like, "We're gonna relax," but you can't joke back on them no. because then you got to do push ups, and so you definitely can't fight. <laughs> no, you better not. They'll 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 fuck you up. It's how three much, of them. How much like a Full Metal Jacket is it? Well, that's the Marines. Yeah, it's, so it's, not. A, it, it's, <laughs> it's not because they tell us very early on, like our jobs is more important to the military as a logistic standpoint mm-hmm. um you know as far as making everything go um you know obviously we have the top special ops team in the world yo um, translation dummies go to the army dumb, yeah well, well that's what we call them uh the armies were bodies mm-hmm. um the, the marines they work for us and then the, the, the air force they play video games all day <laughs> that's literally what it is so anybody who's really in it would be the marines the navy and obviously the army bodies. How often did you sing uh, in the navy? Very, very much. Uh, every you- every time we every every time we marched, and we marched everywhere. <laughs> what 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 part of the navy were you looking to be in? So initially, when I went in, I was going to go to be a barber. Like I be, I figured like that would be the easiest way. Yeah. I'm I'm always thinking of like long term. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I go in, be a barber. Figure like I get a short duty billet. No. Um, which means like I'll get somewhere where I don't have to be on a boat and sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was when my cousin was supposed to join with me. Mm-hmm. Once he once he left, an opportunity opened up for, and I was like, I'm doing that because it came with a signing bonus. And I was like, that's what I'm going with. So uh, it wasn't going to be like mechanics. It wasn't going to be like- no mechanics didn't um, interest me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was either going to be a gunner's mate or what I ended up being. Um, somewhere I could either play with guns or like. So that's what I went with. Okay. So what is your training for that like? So number one, you go to boot camp. You got to do your eight weeks at boot camp first. Um, almost didn't make it out of there because of swimming. Swimming fucked me up. It's much like math. Hmm. Um, they say everybody floats. 
That's a lie. It is essential, though, for the Navy. It's very, because you might fall <laughs> off a boat. Yeah. Yep. He goes, think mouse, mouse can't float. No one. <laughs> mm. Mouse cannot float. Tried it. But yeah. he's a cutie pie. <laughs> Shout out to FC1. So, <laughs> um, so what happened with that? So like I said, so we show up to boot camp the first day. They uh they come yelling at us on the bus. Like the bus ride is so lulls you to sleep. Because the bus ride from the airport to actual Great Lakes, motherfuckers still on their phone. Like it's like um that scene, it's like that scene in um in Captain America where like the kids are in school and there's a video of Captain America telling you everything that's about to happen. It was like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got these army guys and they're yelling and we're like, we're not paying no mind to this <laughs> fucking video. I'm trying to talk to the bitch over there because it's not too many. Right. Yeah. So we're like Eight weeks, no pussy. See what I can get on this bus. Let's see what I can get on this bus. Not happening. Nobody's with the shits. <laughs> no one's with the shits. Um, they embarrassed us at at the O'Hare mm-hmm. um, International, like because we're in regular clothes. So I'm like kind of kind of jiggy. Like I got my I got my I got my Aqua Eights on. The inverse though, the, the white and the white and teal joints. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. those joints on. I got this. The ones this, you're not gonna be able to wear for eight weeks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I got those on. I got this. I got this nice pair of true true legend jeans on, and I got this Marvel shirt like. Because in 2007, everybody went to the same stores to get these Marvel, these colorful Marvel shirts. Mm-hmm. I was fly. What? With the shape <laughs> up? I was litty. They come in. They're yelling at us in front of, like, passengers, people that's going to their planes. They're yelling at us. And we're like. Oh, in-flight entertainment. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right, bro. Like, what we do? Sit down. Stand up. Roll your pants up. I'm like, whoa. First of all, these are truths, my nigga. I'm not rolling these up. <laughs> like, nah, it's not happening. Oh, and this is before like they were like tapered and stuff. Like this is like <laughs> they're hanging over yeah. in a very specific way. I wanted them. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't care about that. Rolled them <laughs> shits up. They like and then like for those of us who were like we're not rolling them up. They came over because it's like five of them and they're rolling our pants. And I'm like, son, if a nigga touch me again, I'm bucking. Violation. But I, I look to my Yo. left and I see one kid getting hemmed up already. So I'm like, all right, fuck it, son. It's two of them niggas. I'm good. Oh, like, literally right. hemmed up. Like, literally <laughs> getting hemmed up. Yo, they must have been loving it. They must have been like, this is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> it happens every time. But, yeah. but like, I would get such a kick yeah, out of it. Like yeah. the the people that frequent the O'Hare airport, mm-hmm. they're used to it because they see it every once a month. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we get to boot camp. Um, you know, we're, we're, we get uh, weighed and we get tagged and bagged and all that shit get put in our um compartment. You're a number. Yeah, literally. Statistic. Literally. Mm-hmm. I've always been a statistic. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so we get in there and uh, we get in there and that shit is nothing. It, I'm not, I'm not on Long Island. I'm not in New York. I don't know where. To, it's literally like you're in a bubble. Like I don't know where the fuck I'm at, and I don't know these people. And obviously, my ass is trying to get money. So, you know, they gave us that, uh, they gave us those big raises. Mm-hmm. And so the first night I'm offering shape ups. I'm like, yo, who want a shape up? So the next morning when everybody comes in, like three guys that came to me for a shape up. So when they come in, they're like, who did this shit to your fucking head? <laughs> oh, these snitch ass niggas. <laughs> oh, Jones did it. So now Jones did the shit, right? So they like, oh, pretty boy. I said, here we go. <laughs> they said, come in, New York. I said, here we fucking go. It was only me and one other guy from, shout out to Bonilla, Angel Bonilla. He ended up being an engineer. I think he's like a, a E6 right now. He stayed with it. He's from- You get Bo- nicknames like a VH1 like mm-hmm. reality show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bonilla was, uh, they, they called him They called him, um, They called called him. him No Mouth because he wouldn't talk. Like Bonilla was just mad quiet, but we were the only two people from New York. Damn. So I was pretty boy. He was, um, and he was No Mouth. And, the, and like we literally, our bunks were right next to each other and all that shit. So he calls me over and now I'm in front of everybody. And he's like, we should bust your ass now. Because I'm thinking violence. 
I'm mm. like, oh my gosh. And now I'm starting clenching my hands. But they have this thing where it's like you have to have this thousand yard stare. It's literally them breaking you down mentally. So now they're yelling at you. You're, you want to react, but you got to keep looking forward. And you like can't say sorry because you'd be like, sorry, petty officer. And they'd be like, because everything has to end with petty officer. Mm-hmm. So sorry, petty officer. Oh, so I'm a sorry, petty mm. officer. My dumbass later on would say yes. But at that <laughs> moment, I'm scared shitless. So I'm like, I got my hands clenching. They're like, unboil your fist. So I unboil my fist. But they tell me stand at attention. Part of standing at attention, your hands got to be clean. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. so I'm sitting here and I'm trying not to cry in front of these motherfuckers. And I'm like, so they're like, what happened, Jones? I said, these motherfuckers snitch. They said, who snitched, Jones? I said, obviously the people that told you that I gave them shape-ups last night. They said, you know what, Jones? Assume the position. So I'm like, assume the position? I only know one assume the position. So I go to the nearest wall and assume the position to be patted down. They burst out laughing. The entire compartment busts out laughing. I'm like, what the fuck's so funny? Because mind you, everybody else went to ROTC. They all got this training before they came. Not Mouse. Mouse signed up, and I showed up the very next day. Mm-hmm. I showed up three months later to go. I didn't go to any of the debt meetings and right. any of that. So assume the position would have told me to do a push-up. Nah, I didn't know that. Up on the wall. Up on the wall. <laughs> so they bust out laughing. I didn't even get my ass whipped that day. It would come later on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, that was a... That was a that was not so fun. That was a, a nerve-wracking eight weeks because I couldn't swim. Was there any part of you that was like, you know what? This is actually going to make me into like a stronger person? All of it. All of it. You were like, ready to I'm, accept I'm, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, it sounds weird. Like, like the stances I take politically now and whatnot. But like I believe I believe like being in the military helped shape you know, a lot of the way my career is run now. A lot of the way I am now. Um, and at that time, I needed it. I would have died. Those eight, those eight weeks spent in, in Chicago would have been way better than the eight weeks I spent on Long Island trying to get myself killed. So I needed that. It saved my life. The, the scariest thing about boot camp, to be honest, um, was that, like I said, I couldn't swim. And so, like, the whole thing, me even graduating, was a finesse. So, like, everybody went in. We all went into the pool together. And then we seen who couldn't swim. Then those people went to something called extra help, like much like school, mm-hmm. which you mean you kept us in a kiddie pool till we learn how to backstroke and all that shit. I never learned how to backstroke. What it was is I it, it started getting closer to that graduation date, and I had all my stamps on my card except for the swimmer. And I said, yo, my mom, I get on the phone with my mom, and she's like, yeah, we just, you know, we just saved all our money. We about to, you know, drive out because they, they're going to travel all the way from Long Island to, um, to graduation. To come to graduation. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. Chicago. That's two three days that's two three day trip i'm not disappointed i did not give my parents a graduation i'm going to give them a graduation right and so i remember saying that night when i got off the phone with them it's much like jail like you get one phone call and i'm like all right i said the next day i said whatever i gotta do i'm gonna get that stamp so you know pretty boy jones is back you know he can't swim all right push me in the water i come up because i can get that part Underwater, I'm amazing. <laughs> it's when you break the surface, <laughs> bad for bad for business. Yeah. Well, at then I'm good now. Yeah. And um, you know, so I hit that backstroke and I'm sinking and I'm sinking and I see the the yellow the yellow pole that comes every time for me to grab and pull out and I'm just like, yo, fuck that pole, like. And as I'm pushing in my mind, I'm saying I'm moving, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so the guy comes out, and pulls me out. He's like, yo, didn't you see the pole? I'm like, yo, I just wanted to graduate, son. He's like, whatever, Jones. Somebody else is actually drowning. Somebody is drowning. It's their first day. They are literally drowning. So all the attention goes over there. Where does Mouse go? He goes to the pass side. <laughs> got that motherfucking stamp. Because my parents were not about to come. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
I just didn't at that moment. I didn't see myself ever learning how to swim, so it was just like you just stayed away from every like edge of. <laughs> the, oh, the once boat. I got out of there, yeah. they threw a fucking. We had a party that day because I was the only person. None of our people dropped. Like nobody from our compartment rang the bell. Nobody dropped. Everybody was still there. I was gonna be the only person who didn't make it out of that class because I swim. I couldn't swim, so we were at like ninety nine percent and like. For the guys who drive it, the, the the petty officers who like teaching their billet, that looks good on them. Like if they have a hundred percent class rate, all three of those guys were brand new, so it looked really good. So they always used to be like Jones. All you have to do, like I'd be on watch at night, and you know one of them would come in and be like Jones, yo, just pass it, man, pass it. Everybody loves you. We don't want to leave you behind. Hmm. I'm like, all right. So when I came in, like we had a little party, like they closed the door and like they let us, they called it Liberty, which just means in real life, in real military life, Liberty is like when you get to leave base and, you know, live your actual life before you have to come back the next morning. Mm -hmm. So Liberty to us would only happen on Sundays and like we'd be able to write and we'd be able to wear what we want to wear. Like not our actual clothes, but like we can like we'd be in our shorts and boots and like just relaxed. We had that shit like the whole day. Mm-hmm. And like everybody was mad happy that I'm, they was like, yo, you did it, you did it. And so I go over to Bonilla and I'm like, he's like, yo, you did it. And I said, no, I didn't. And I lied. <laughs> and I'm hoping, and we got three more days, I'm hoping they don't fucking find out. <laughs> I'm hoping they don't run the fucking cameras back and come back and get my ass. Um, But yeah, graduated. So you're, you're, you're a smart ass, yeah. right? You're a loud mouth. Mm-hmm. But when do you realize that you're funny? Oh, that's high school. That's that, that's that lunchroom. That lunchroom taught me everything. I don't I don't have no proper training. Lunchroom and and staying up late to watch Def Comedy Jam. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, in the barbershop. shop cannot 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 take away how um integral the barbershop shop is to Mouse Jones as a personality as a talent. The barbershop shop had like I was a six year old seven year old kid having to withstand the jokes of grown ass men and at a point having to fire back. Hmm. Um, I, I had to have these conversations about hip hop, about the culture, and be respected at 10, 11 years old. Because mm-hmm. if not, Sweeper Boys, I was the worst Sweet Boy because I was the youngest and I didn't drink. So, like, I couldn't even go get them liquor. <laughs> so, like, it was only because my uncle was the owner of the shop that I stayed as long as I did. So, you know, the barb shop mixed with the lunchroom mixed with um, Def Comedy Jam, that's, that's where it all, you know, came from. What is the hottest take that you had as a sweet boy? In terms uh, of the hottest take I ever had, sweet boy, LL Cool J is overrated. Um, all LL Cool J do is roll up his pants and lick his lips. I said that in I said that in 1998. And you um, stand by it. And I, I stand by that. I stand by that shit. LL Cool J is overrated. No, actually, I, I don't stand by that. Well, I, I listened back to LL Cool J's discography when I was about like 22. Mm-hmm. And was like, oh shit! <laughs> I was so wrong. No, but that being said, everything after 1998, kind of whack. No, what? We get love you better. Oh, ugh. like, ugh. oh my no. lord, no, no. oh no, my lord, record. you are wiling. Oh no, I'm thinking of Paradise. Yeah, Paradise. Is Paradise First of all, you have right. a problem with Paradise? <laughs> Who are you? Paradise is not a good song. It's not a bad song. <laughs> it's not a good song. <laughs> Yo. Yo, shout out to Seven Aurelius. Yo, shout out to Seven. <laughs> it's true. We were talking about Murder Inc. before, so Seven Realist. Yeah. Um, Headsprung's a bad song, Corey. No, yeah. I'm not, not no. doing that. Headsprung's a bad song. Terrible, terrible. But it came on in the club, and I was like, ooh. No. We, were at, we were at Oh, Summer, Summer we were at Jam. Summer Jam. Summer Jam. Headsprung got, Headsprung the, got the win. We were like, mm. Headsprung got the win. It was over. weird. It, it was weird. weird, but I was like, yeah. 
Tim did that? But when he <laughs> they call me Big Ellie. <laughs> that was Big a bad Ellie. joke. It wasn't good, son. You were out on the on the ocean. You're out. No, no, no. So I was only on a boat like a short amount of time. So I was like on ground. How'd you get there? By by plane? Plane. Hmm. Plane. Um. So I was on a boat. So everything that we know about the Navy is all wrong. No, that's not true. That's not true. Like. And anytime I would be on a boat. So like the scariest time is when I'm on this um this little uh destroyer. Um and the destroyers are like whenever a navy fleet goes out, there's four there's four destroyers, an aircraft carrier, because that's what you're protecting. Are you giving away state secrets right now? Like No, I think you're just <laughs> no, on you that could, battleship. You, yeah, you could literally Yeah, you could literally just go on the back of battleship and they'll tell you this. Um and there's usually like a sub somewhere in the in the sector. Which um, takes where, up three spaces. Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, B5. so five. Yeah. So there's one time we're crossing. There's this thing called the Straits, mm-hmm. and it's literally this one piece of water, and you're on like two converging pieces of land on either side, and they hate us. The people on this land on on both sides hate Americans. Mm-hmm. We have to go down to singular uh, engine motion. So there's instead of two propellers going, mm-hmm. there's one. Because if there's two, we're never going to get through that straight because you're going to start fucking the ground up. So we're going through this. They cut off. You have to cut off all the water on the ship. And this is like a day transit. So this is like 24 hours. You got to do this. You still got to eat, watch, all that shit. Which means we got to go outside on the guns and sit there and watch for this shit. It's the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever been a part of. If So you're looking for looking, anyone who's going to shoot looking, at you. These people are literally touching the boat as it's as it's passing through. That's how close they are. Um, This is two years after the Yemen attack. Mm-hmm. So this shows you where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this shows you where we're at in that wartime. The um, problems with Iran are just beginning. So, like, this is... This is no shit. So I'm on the boat and I'm like, I'm gripped up. I'm like, listen, you're it ready. It ain't going to be me. Right. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to be me. You are back in Long Island. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> what's up? Y'all stop touching the fucking boat. That's, and my mom like, yo, stop touching the fucking boat. But I like we're yelling. It's, it's a very weird, scary day. That was probably the scariest thing I ever did. Okay. So. Well, there's one other thing, but I'll tell y'all off. But just, but just to get to this point, Mm -hmm. you've gone from like being again that that guy on his own, Mm -hmm. who you'll you know be in ease by yourself, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to now you gotta watch someone else's back and trust that they'll watch your back. Absolutely, you're all in though. I'm all in at this time. Oh, oh, at this time I'm a Republican. (gasps) Yeah, at this time I'm a Republican. Oh yeah, Obama is in. in Obama is not. So Obama. So I still voted for Obama. Let's uh-huh. not get it twisted. Voted for Obama. Used my absentee ballot. Absentee ballot. Uh-huh. And um, the mission we were on, the mission we were on, was the first thing that came across Obama's desk as a president. Wow. So that's that's pretty dope. So wait, so so Bush is in the White House when you first when go I off, first joined, and Bush you supported in, the Bush White House. I didn't support the Bush White House, but, but he's it, your commander I supported, in chief. He's my commander in chief, right. and I was like bought in at the time, like. No, like fuck that. Like, that's the boss. I don't care how I feel about him. Other and and honestly, I'm coming right out of high school. I don't know too much about politics. And I think I did a 
Shout out to Mr. Ferris. He had a, and he he had us do this fucking um he had us do, it's economics. He had mm-hmm. us do this fucking project and to find out where we would fall. Mm-hmm. And I did fall on the the Republican side because I'm a black kid who grew up in a Christian household. So if we're just going on values, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I fall right. Republican. Right. So wait, wait, by the way, <laughs> it's funny, it's like, you know, you you have a very different background than mm-hmm. me in terms of your your uh how you grew up and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And yet the one thing I can't like seem to get through my head <laughs> is that you I'm like right. I just don't understand how right. you could be a Republican. Right. <laughs> well, at the, like I said, like the moral yeah, values yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, gotta yeah, be yeah, yeah. obviously we're not talking about actually using no, those yeah, values. Yeah. But while you're in this <laughs> you I mean you've gone like that whole boot camp thing, yeah. that yeah. era, that mm-hmm. that whole thing. Now you're standing up straight. Yeah. Oh yeah, my my parents didn't recognize me. They my mom, my mom cried. My dad hugged me like they didn't recognize me. Your shit's tucked in? Shit's tucked in. Oh, like I like obviously I'm a motherfucker who takes pride in their appearance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when it came to my uniform, mm-hmm. those creases. No. Crisp. <laughs> they used to say they used to Yo, say Iron Game on lock. I yeah. used to do it for other people. That's how I used to make money in boot camp. <laughs> like when you, it was inspection. You made a lot of money at boot camp. Boot camp. <laughs> I left boot camp with probably like five hundred, six hundred dollars. Five hundred, six hundred dollars. Like Yo, fuck Pathmark. Yo, yeah. yo, because you got to remember, we were getting paid in boot camp. We didn't know that. We didn't know we were getting paid in boot camp. Shout out to Navy Federal for, like, not letting us know. <laughs> and we also didn't have any money to spend. And we also got something called a PDX card. So we anything we would need, like deodorant or anything, mm-hmm. we would use on the PDX card. Mm-hmm. And we would just go to the we go to the next or the, the NEX or the commissary. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we would buy it from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then come right back. So... We had so much money. Yo, but now NJ gets you with that PDX card. <laughs> Shout out to NJ with the NDX card. But, um, so yeah, so like when it came, and then I've always loved ironing. Like mm-hmm. with my baby mother living with her. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've, I've always, like when I was with my baby mother and my kids, like I, all, I, to this day, I still do all the shopping for my kids. Like, and they're girls. Like I just take very, I take pride in that. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do I want y'all to look like? All right, this is what I want y'all to look like this season. This is what cotton clothes I'm going to buy you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Did that with my ba- my baby mother. Um, oh, my God. You're Kanye. Yeah, you're Kanye. <laughs> and, and you're a Republican. Republican. Yeah, I know. <laughs> At this moment, I'm not a Republican. Just want to put that out there. Just want to put that out there. I'm not a Republican right now. I, 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 I'm in the middle. I take nobody's side here. Oh, sure. I'm on yeah. the side of right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the side of right. And, and the motherfucking right now is wrong. So, but, um, so, so like, in, in ironing, it's, it takes an eye when you got to put a crease in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I don't put crease in my clothes now. I just mm. iron it so it's not wrinkled. Do you crease your denim? <laughs> Come on, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, never, ever. I'm, I was born in 1989. <laughs> what the fuck? But, um... If you lived on the West Coast... Oh, yeah. If I was born in 1989 on the West Coast, it'd be a creased up... Yo, I remember, I remember kid, uh, a kid moving from L.A. in, the, like, the whole era of us wearing dickies. And they yeah. were like, yo, you don't crease your dickies? Like no, the fuck is wrong with you? You fucking weirdo. But you'd have to, you know, in your in your dress blue top, you gotta have your three creases, two creases in the back. They gotta be six inches away from each other. Like my shits were on fire. Your hat, yo, the hat. My Dixie cup was always so white. Like they want to know how. I told them, I didn't even tell these niggas. I'm telling them now. Toothpaste used to get that shit so white because the Dixie cup would be so white. Like. Just being outside, it's uh, like being on your head. You're gonna sweat. Mm-hmm. It's going to come through. Mm-hmm. Toothpaste, like brush it like you're brushing your fucking teeth. Was your was it so white that it was a culture vulture? <laughs> it was almost white in the yard. But yeah, like real one mouse. Hey, 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 hold it down. But um, but yeah, I, 
He, like, he was wide enough. He could have been your third roommate. <laughs> that was that way. Shout out to Dan. So, <laughs> so, you, Dan. so you, so you, so you go out there mm-hmm. and, I mean, I live cult- a life. Just live but, a fucking life. But culture shock. Oh yeah, because uh, number one, I'm stationed out of uh, Little Creek, and that's in Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I'm living in Virginia now. They're paying for me to live in like this nice ass spot. This uh, it's called uh, the Alexander on Granby Street. It's like one of these nice ass New York condos, just smack dab in the middle of Virginia. Beautiful, and it's in this cultural area that was very reminiscent of home because Virginia, uh, much like Long Island, it's a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It has houses and trees and shit, so it looks familiar. But there's this as there's this aspect of black poverty that's there, and I immediately get drawn to the barbershop. So shout out to everybody in Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, um, Capital Cuts. I used to cut at on Granby Street. Shout out to Rick. That was his shop. Capital Cuts is like a big, it's like, um, do we do we have? Like a chain? Yeah, but do we have chain barbershops in New York? We don't have no chain barbershops in New York, right? I mean, mm. there's there's like super cuts or any of those. No, those no, no, it's not, like, that's not cultural. Like this <laughs> no, was like no. Capital Cuts yeah. was a black ass establishment. Mm. And also you got to remember Virginia is a Navy town. So everybody, that a is, lot of yeah. people that like... Like a lot of people I'm coming into contact with are from New York. Right. And they just either was in the military, yeah. got out, caught a felony and couldn't leave Virginia, or just retired and doing other things within the Virginia community. Big it's military big presence. military town. Big, huge military town. So when I'm going there, it's like, yo, I'm the man. Like they see the they see the badge on my car. They mm. see my uniform when I get out the car. They know, oh, I'm the man right now. <laughs> then and your shape ups, a one. I still get in trouble. So you're not supposed your shape up is not supposed to be boxed, right? Like the way we get shape ups are wrong. Well, in the military would be wrong. It's supposed to be rounded. So if you look at Obama when he was in office, and it looks like yo, what the f- <laughs> it's almost there. That like that, but even he has to get his hair cut a certain way. Commander Chief, exactly. Yeah. He got the top of the chain. Mm-hmm. Like you're not supposed to have the teardrop sideburns, no beard. What it was is. I would shave with cold water and get the bumps mm-hmm. on purpose, so that way I didn't have to shave. So, and I'm a corpsman who who writes his own no shave shit. This guy. Yo, what a sacrifice! It was for like a <laughs> it was for like a week, and then <laughs> the bumps went away once the hair grew in. And you had no gauges in your ears. No, no, no earrings, no nothing. Okay. They no, no they don't play with that. No earrings. <laughs> um, they, they, that shit they weren't playing with. Um, but you just can't have an earring in in uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not. I, I couldn't I never could wear earrings mm-hmm. because my ear my earlobe is too big. So when I would put the studs in, they would like do this. So I'm not about <laughs> to be nobody science project. So I was like, fuck it. And I also didn't have like the thought I didn't have the wherewithal to be like, hold on, put my earrings back in. Uh, I don't give a fuck. So how many years did you have to put in? I had to put in what well, I had to put in four. I did three and a half. I got a humanitarian transfer. Cause um some shit I went on with my daughter, oh. mm. so they gave me the, the the opportunity to get out and go fix that, and so because it was interfering with my military duty. Right. So you came back to New York? Oh no, I stayed in Virginia. So I got I handled that with my daughter. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you guys about that off air. You mm-hmm. know, um, say that on here. Somebody somebody somewhere is getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, handled that situation with my daughter. Went back down there because at this time I've I've already immersed myself in the culture down there. So I'm now this young kid that's going out. I'm cutting hair at Capital Cuts. College kids know me. The street niggas know me. Your mouse? No, no, I'm mousey still. Mm. Mouse didn't come until I started doing stand-up, mm-hmm. which doesn't come to 2010. Okay, you're So mousy. I'm still mousey from New York. Mm-hmm. So Mousey with the cuts. Yeah, So and I had my name at my um, I had my name above my station. Mm-hmm. So everybody fuck with me in a bit, you know, 
Yeah. I've always been a huge believer of women are the best fan base. Like, so I always made sure I had a strong woman fan base in whatever it was doing. So, like, I would do, this, I would do, like, eyebrows. Mm-hmm. So, like, before, like, you know, drawing your eyebrows became a thing, you, the girls would come to me. I shaped the eyebrows up. I would go flirt with women with kids in the mall. Shout out to MacArthur Center um, Mall in Norfolk. I would go to like upstairs where the kids section would, and I would flirt with every mother. <laughs> and so they would bring their kids to me to get a shape up. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm not that good yet, it's a kid. And you like me. Like I was zeking a lot of kids' hairlines <laughs> for like a good three months before I got nice with my shit. Yeah. And it was strictly on the part of the women like me. Yeah. Then once I got those college, once I got those college kids, um, customers that was a whole different going to ODU mm-hmm. um, Norfolk State Hampton mm-hmm. Tidewater Community College mm-hmm. which is their community college yeah. it's their BMCC they would fuck with me then I, like I said like Capital Cuts where I'm at on Granby is smack dab in the middle of a neighborhood called Park Place so all the drug deals all the street niggas they come um, so when I talked about it on Britain Idiots that's my connection that's the connection I make with Pusha T's people not mm-hmm. Pusha T mm-hmm. that's the connection I make with his people Tony and them who got locked up that he yep. raps about yep. yeah that's my connection to them because they would come to Capital Cuts. They would always fuck them. Like, oh, you from New York? Oh, you know, no, 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 it's New York, da, da, da. I'm like, oh, where, where? I know where that's at, and I know where that's at. So when you go to New York, mm-hmm. I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where that, you know, that that whole Huntersville family, family mm-hmm. would come get his hair cut there. Like, I'm talking like, I'm in the coach. I'm yeah. If you ask anybody from Virginia, if they went to, if you went to Norfolk State, if you went to ODU, if you went to, uh, if you went to uh, Tidewater College. You ask any of them about Mouse, Mousy from New York, they mm-hmm. know exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. Like even even as get the hit ups I did once Brilliant Idiots came out, and people were like, I know I see you. Yo, <laughs> that's so good to see you. Like, I wonder if any of those kids who you fucked up their hairline, yeah, like, they're, they're, yeah. they were like, oh, you? They're nim- <laughs> they're Nimrods now, so yeah. it doesn't matter. They grew up to do bad. <laughs> they grew up to do bad yeah, things because yeah. I fucked their shit. But yeah. after a while, I was getting their shit right, and I was putting the little designs in their shit. So mm-hmm. you did know, you what I mean? ever the think that you would stay down there crescents. forever? No, I thought I was gonna die down there. You did because Again? I was doing. I was I know, doing. Yeah. I, was, I was so down there. So I, so in down there, I had got into selling guns. So I'm moving guns down there. Not from behind the counter. Not from behind the counter. Mm-hmm. No. Where are you getting guns? We're in Virginia. That's all I'm gonna say. Like we're in Virginia. Like those guns come right. The Amtrak station. Yeah. yeah. Like, they yeah. they come through everywhere. Well, I just there. didn't know if they were coming from like uh, like the Navy or something. No, no. What are you doing? You're wilding. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> straight, straight off the phone. <laughs> Fresh off the phone. Yeah. Hey, uh, this podcast is done, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Remember, this is part one of two episodes with Mouse Jones. So we're going to continue right from where we left off this Thursday. Go back and check it out. A bonus episode of Waste Time with The Real this Thursday with Mouse Jones. Jeff, if people want to find out more about us, people want to find out more about this podcast, people want to find out what is going on in our world, where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. No apostrophes, no spaces. You can always find all of our merch, all of our tour stuff, all of our just everything at itsthereal.com. If you want to find our podcast, go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time, or you can go search on iTunes, search for a waste of time with It's The Real. We are also on all streaming services, I believe, including Tidal, Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, for both our podcast and our album, where we are rapping alongside actual rappers like Bun B and Currency. 
and Smoke Dizza, and Tunji Ige, and Jazz Cartier, and many more, including our song Sugar High, which features both Currency and Smoke Dizza. Yes. And that is all on our album, Teddy Bear Fresh. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at It's The Real and Instagram at It's The Real. I'm not going to name all the other places that you can find us because we're usually not there. And also, that's good enough. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah. We, we try to do as much as we can on those two platforms. Go check us there. Yeah. Jeff, you know we like to shout out the people who appreciate us because you know we appreciate them. So, who do you want to shout out today in hopes that they will go spread the word about A Waste of Time with It's The Real? I want to shout out Stresito Smitty. Whoa. Cezanne Smitty. Wait, one more time. Stresito Smitty. <laughs> Little stress. Shout out to him. Who said, I met at It's The Real yesterday and I told them I only noticed them because they looked like they didn't belong there. LMAO, super cool guys though. Now the thing is, I didn't talk to him. Didn't belong. But, okay, that it doesn't matter about us not belonging at this place that we obviously belonged at. <laughs> we were up in the Bronx, we were at Greatest Day Ever, Metro Boomin was performing, yeah. uh, Young Thug was performing, but this guy said that he talked to us. I don't remember talking to him. I have no idea who this guy is. Maybe it was too loud and I didn't hear what he had to say, but I promise you I did not talk to you, Stresito uh, Smitty. Well, we, we appreciate him shouting us out. I yeah. I don't know. Make it up to us now by telling everybody you know to go listen to our podcast. Stresito Smitty. I, Jeff, want to shout out somebody we actually did talk with yesterday. Yeah. Zandra Bullock. Zandra Bullock, we finally met him. Our friend... He works in the business, and we're super proud of him, and we know him from our Instagram lives, and it was dope that he recognized us, came up to us, and did not say, hey, you don't belong. He was like, yo, I love all your episodes. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I said, you must love the Taylor Rooks episode, and the Rembrandt episode, and the JID episode. He's like, I love all the episodes. We so appreciate Sandra Bullock, who has been a A1 fan as far as it's the real is concerned and good dude good dude great dude thanks for saying what's up make sure to check back this thursday for part two of mouse jones the second half is just as exciting as the first half not for real for real sure sure see you guys on thursday